Okay, so real talk. What is the deal with the gritty reboot for literally every single fairy tale you have ever heard of? Dude, I totally feel that. I don't understand what those, like, who are those films for? So, like, I don't watch bad movies generally, but, but Jesus showed me a, a trailer for the for the Nutcracker movie, this Nutcracker movie, oh yeah, movie. yeah, which and, I saw, and it looked so terrible. It looked so or like bad. what is it like Snow White and the Seven Huntsmen or something yeah, like that? Yeah, and then you Castle got like and Gretel fighting zombies is one, uh, right? Yeah. It's almost like they're assuming their demographic is from the '90s and they're really into hardcore punk rock, and so they're like, we're gonna make a hardcore like metalcore punk core kind of fairy tale scene because all those kids were watching Disney fairy tale movies back in the day and yeah it will work out really well but it, it always bombs it always bombs you know why because those movies are unoriginal just like this podcast oh. ladies and gentlemen welcome to everything comes from something episode 25 my name is Isaac Ransom I'm Cameron Tuttle I'm Juzo Greenwood that was a snap boom Juzo welcome to the show hello dude it's good to have you uh if you guys don't know this is uh juzo sometimes we mention him just subtly throughout the episode he's a friend of the show yeah, yeah i've listened to it before yeah but <laughs> that's good how just because, more than regularly just how because you behind listened? are you <laughs> i don't know like seven episodes i'm so <laughs> oh, sorry my goodness some uh, fan i'm sorry Speaking of people that want to be on the show, shout out to our executive producers, Kiana Lay, who is on episode 23, and Darren O'Neill, who is coming up on an episode soon. Don't worry, Darren. I have respond to your text. <laughs> this I, episode, episode 25. Do they understand my connection to the, like, why I'm We're going to get there. Oh, okay. We're going to get there, all right? This episode is a rewind look back on the films of 2018. We have Juzo on the show because he's a little bit of a film expert. But before we get into the movies, Juzo, how the heck do you know Cameron? Let's start there. Uh, well, Cameron, uh, when I was applying to have housing at SF State, was the only person who texted me <laughs> if I wanted to be his roommate. I said, by God, since you're the only one, I guess I will be. And uh, he was one of my roommates. We were in a tiny room that was... Uh, about the how big was it Cameron it was the submarine sized yeah we would like to say it yeah. was terrible it was like uh what five five or six feet by like 12 feet yeah it was really small I've been in there it was not oh yeah apparently they stepped in my bed I heard that from <laughs> that's what I was gonna say that was the first time I heard that information Juzo yeah, I don't really care. thank you so I'm sure much there are worse things that happened in that apartment so. oh much worse yeah much worse let's just go on a little side ramp for a second okay your guys's housing unit I know we've talked about it before, but your first year in college, Cameron, you didn't sleep very often, did you? I slept fine. Juzo didn't He at slept all. okay. I started sleeping very irregularly. I started sleeping, uh, basically I'd stay up until like seven in the morning, I'd get breakfast, and then I'd go to sleep until the afternoon because that was the period of the day where the people, our fellow roommates were not uh, making noise and partying and playing loud music. Uh but that was it also helped that i dropped off some of my classes at the time sure so, yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah you guys' room from my weekend staying over was like the zombie bunker holding back all the crazy people out in the hall you hallway. actually you actually got probably the worst night of of partying were you there the night they like uh the administration came over i have no idea no I no no I it wasn't there. that night oh, okay. it wasn't that night. i was just trying to sleep because we were at that psx event yeah. that weekend and there was no sleeping to be had. No, it was terrible. They came in at like four in the morning and kept partying. You were really grumpy. I Cameron. was very grumpy. 
Anyways, Juzo, thanks for joining us today. Of course. We also have one of our Patreon supporters in the background, Kazu. Shout out. Well, Uh, Kazu Greenwood, you should specify. Kazu Greenwood. relation to me. Yeah. Being my brother. It's good to have you guys here, especially because we're talking about the movies. So, Juzo, what the heck qualifies you for being on this episode? I would say very little other than the fact that I just happen to see many movies every year. Yeah, but I, like you got, you came in with a freaking binder. Well, the binder is actually that that's just my log from the last like 4 years and then I just that's what I was keeping. This is in. insanity, dude. <laughs> this is insanity. How many movies have you seen this year? Uh current releases? Uh I just cracked 132. <laughs> oh in terms God. of movies of movie, movies period, I don't really. So like how many movies a month do you watch? I don't know, 30 probably? I don't know. Oh, I see about a movie a day, I would say. That's insane. New or Mostly new or sometimes old movies. Yeah, I was gonna, like, we were talking before the show and I was like, my backlog is so long that I have had no time to go see any movies in theaters. And when I do go see movies, they just turn out to be big blockbusters. So I want to kind of specify roles before we get into it. This episode is all about looking back on the movies that came out in 2018, kind of giving our critical perspective. I mean, we all know Cameron is studying film. Juzo, are you studying film in college or are you well, I'm, or something? Well, I'm sort of out of college. I'm just te- uh, not teaching, uh, studying, uh, taking film classes from Mick LaSalle, who's the film critic. And it's like this class at Stanford, but that's really, it's barely even school. It's really just a film appreciation class they, I take with my dad. Yeah, it's really I mean, nice. Yeah, I mean, but you have a lot of industry knowledge, and you have eh, yeah. a lot of experience watching films more than I would say. So more than me, Cameron has more of the technical and and industry knowledge. I would say because he's like he's really like learned the craft of it. I'm more just the film appreciator. You learn the craft. You hold the boom. Yeah, yeah, You're but good that, at you it. know that's a performing monkey could do such a job. Oh my <laughs> goodness! You know, I'm sure a lot of sound technicians would not appreciate that. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I am one, so I'll say it. <laughs> <laughs> so my perspective on this 2018 movie thing is I've only seen big major releases and we're going to get into that towards the end of the show talking about the big blockbusters. I know Cameron and Juzo both have oh, things to say about it and Cameron has lost his list. Yeah, I had a is list. The room? Oh Should my gosh. Yeah. Would you look for it for me? <laughs> Thank you. It's, it's in the room, right? It may be. Yeah. So I'm approaching it with a very casual sense. I will admit because I'm friends with Cameron, I'm a total cinephile and well not a cinephile but i definitely approach films with more of a critical look than normal you're you're a film appreciator you you love films yeah and i'm just bummed to say that i haven't really seen many this year yeah so i'm interested to know what you guys are going to bring to the table what i want to do this episode is i want you guys to kind of dig up the movie nuggets that most people miss out on them nuggets them nuggets you know (laughs) So each of you have prepared a list. I mean, you have a big list. Well, Juzo. this is just this is I just the one I have out is of what I've seen. I have a list in my head of like the best movies. Yeah, yeah. the best ones. And then which is we're not just hidden gems. Some of them are pretty like I have Mission Impossible on there. There's pretty big movies on there. Yeah, Paddington yeah. Two is I would say is a pretty big movie. Yeah, I mean I think with that let's get into it. I think yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It. Well, let's. I say what we should do is we should just go uh, top. Should we do top five from five? And we'll go back and forth. How about we do that? Let's do it. Wait, our top five movies from five. Yeah. Right, Starting from five. Yeah. What was your... Actually, I, we haven't seen each other's lists. So yes. It'd be interesting. Let's see. My fifth favorite movie this year... <laughs> so dramatic. ...is Widows. Oh, okay. Widows. Yeah. That's, that's quite okay. high on my list. So, what? okay, what is this movie? Because I've seen a few trailers for it. Yeah. So, it's basically... Um, it, it's, it's, a, it's a bank robbery movie... 
Um, it, it's got Liam Neeson in it. It's a heist movie. It's not technically a bank. Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Uh, it's a heist movie about about widows who take over the last heist after their after their their hu- husbands have passed away. Right. Um, I saw the trailer, and it seems like the husbands are killed in the heist. I mean, that's in the opening scene, so yeah, we can say that right right away. And then it's up to the widows. Yeah. yeah. So the, what do you what do you like? Why? I mean, I don't want to cut off your train of thought, but I want you to elaborate because. I saw the trailer and I was just like, eh. Well, it's it's a really well crafted movie. It's it's very well directed, um, very well written as well. And and I think I think it takes some of. So you were saying earlier that you you really like Gone Girl. It's it's written by co-written by Gillian Flynn, yeah. who wrote the novel and the screenplay of Gone Girl. Oh no way! And the director and other co-writer is uh, Steve McQueen, who directed the movie Twelve Years a Slave. Oh, which I, I swear you're gonna say. Cars too. Oh no <laughs> no, no, that's, no! That's, that's Lightning McQueen. McQueen, and he's a character, not a filmmaker. That was perfectly insane. I know. Um, <laughs> but uh, yeah, so he, he directed Twelve Years Slave and some other more kind of art house movies. I'd say this is actually his most uplifting movie out of any of them, which is kind of saying Odd, something. Oddly, yeah, it's a pretty it's a pretty grim movie. It's a lot about grief. It's a lot about the central thing is really survival. It's about how these women and really everyone in the city of Chicago is just sort of scrambling to survive, to live, and it, it gives you, it's, it's pretty much an ensemble movie, you're following th- the three widows, um, another character who kind of comes into play later, and then two candidates who are running for aldermen of the Ninth Ward, I think, yeah, of something. Chicago, and you're sort of following each of them at their different racial and so- socio-economic levels in their survival and uh, and struggles. And it, But it's just such a well-crafted movie because I think it's the hardest type of movie to make, a movie that has basically six characters and even more kind of side characters um, because if you have any of those stories that are uninteresting, you know, people are going to check out of the movie. You're going to be waiting to go back to Viola Davis if one's uninteresting. So, um, but he, he holds your interest for all, all of them. And, and I think a lot of that has to do with, with the writing. I think I mean, both of them are, are excellent craftsmen, but uh, and craftswomen, I guess. Sure. Uh, but Gillian Flynn, like you know, wrote Gone Girl and and several uh, books that are sort of of the same nature, where you know there are twists and turns and, and so it has like really thriller, emotional thriller. Yeah, elements yeah, very much, very much. And and so like a lot of the a lot of the movie, a lot, a lot of what makes the movie really excellent is is the things that you don't expect. Um, really pay off in the end, and and they're it's it's just really well crafted, really well put together. That's so. probably like one of my favorite things about heist movies. Yeah, and exactly. I love heist movies, and I, I felt strange that I wasn't inspired to go see this. See, Jesus, when you're talking about like socioeconomic positions and whatnot, that's the kind of vibe I got from the trailer, and I was like, I don't know if I want to well, go see a movie. It's like not a that. movie to go see if you want just like an Ocean's Eleven. And by the way, I love Ocean's Eleven. I mean, I you, it's fun to go see a heist movie that's just pure. Uh, you know, entertainment. This one, I'd say, more than half of the movie is just devoted to the daily struggles and and different sort of planning stages that are going on for each of these characters. And it's not a lot of action. It's not a lot of like, you know, f- I mean, I, I'd say it's fun because it's so well made, but it's not fun. It's I mean, it's a pretty downbeat movie. Um, and you have anything well, wait, wait, Cameron, didn't you say it was uplifting? No, no, no Jesus I just said mean it was compared outside. to his other. Oh, his right. other films have been about slavery, <laughs> sex addiction, and a hunger strike in Ireland where a bunch of people died. So, I mean, it's he. He's he seems like a happy fellow. Oh yeah, yeah. Well, I would say Twelve Years a Slave is 
Uh, not I wouldn't say uplifting, but it certainly has it certainly has has elements of like redemption in the end. I mean, like, I guess so. I, and I would I maybe even more than than this movie in certain ways. Um, but I think I think this movie has it 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 really brings both the um, the interesting things that you would want in a heist movie and the um, the general commentary on on you know on chicago and and the political scene and and how all these people are really terrible and corrupt and like it really brings the the interesting character dynamic that i think a lot of heist heist films miss yeah so i usually like the build-up to a heist so i think no joke you guys just sold me on it all right That's especially you should watch it I mean, the the thing about it is, you know, for all the you know technical side, the, the thing about the movie is it's just, at least for me watching it, and I, I saw it for the third time just last night, so it's pretty fresh in my mind. Um, it's just so well crafted from scene to scene. Like I, I was feeling like watching it, every scene in the movie could be like a short film. There's so much going on. I mean, there's one sequence where one of the candidates um, is doing uh, what? What is he? The M Wow thing where he's uh, yeah, he's like he's like. Uh, it's had a some political speech about some organization he's funding. How he's supporting for, he's supporting minority women business owners. Right, right. And so there's that. He's bringing up all these women on stage, and it's so awkward. And he's he's like a rich white guy, and he's he's sort of like clearly just sort of capitalizing off of them for his own political gain. And then he gets in the car, and the camera stays on the front of the car as he's talking to his girlfriend and of course as he's in the car the whole facade goes down and he's just talking about how you know these people can't stop shooting each other and the camera never cuts inside the car it's it's kind of an odd shot it just stays on the hood of the car as you go from this really dilapidated poor neighborhood and then just in the space of about 45 seconds the camera turns and then it pulls up at his house and it's like in this rich affluent neighborhood and you're seeing how these people are just living you know shoulder to shoulder with each other in chicago from you know the poor and the rich and like absolutely hating each other too and being really corrupt towards each other and i i think i think it has just really interesting interesting elements that you you don't find in in very many heist films that is so wild dude i like would have never guessed cameron that on your list would be widows because i saw the trailer and i was like uh forgettable i don't know like no I, no I, I don't think it is but did, did i say by the way that is my number one movie i mean like this is my favorite movie this, this is your number one? Oh yeah yeah oh yeah. shoot no, i thought it because the thing about it also is is I mean, it's kind of late to see it you know it came out a few weeks ago but if you can it's it is a fun movie to see with a big audience because mm. we i saw it with cameron at mill valley for the first time and then i saw it like just at a regular amc with a big crowd on like a saturday night and there are moments and twists in this movie where everyone like gasps like as one and or people were like cheering for different things because they get so invested in the movie. It's like, it's that type of movie. Yeah. So it's, it's not just completely a dour social commentary. It's kind of all a bunch of things at once. It's it's. Well, I yeah. think a good rewarding buildup is something that I love in movies like a long, slow pace. I mean, yeah. I, well, what we were talking about earlier, I guess it doesn't really fit. I, I've talked about it a million times. I love Drive. Like, I literally posted a picture on our Instagram with me in the Drive jacket <laughs> on, okay? Like, I love that movie. That movie d- has more of a polar flip, but for me, it's sort of a tension buildup because things seem too good, right? Sure, yeah. Um, at the beginning, at least. So, I like movies that take their time and have a slow pace and set things up. Yep. That's my favorite thing about The Incredibles 1, right? That I love the way that that oh, movie yeah. takes a long time to build up, and we'll probably get into The Incredibles 2 a little bit later, but... Sure, yeah. Juzo, we already know you're number one. What's, what's on the bottom of your what's list? What's my number five? 
Not the bottom. Um, well, we're, yeah, we're just doing top these are like five, so. gold nuggets, man. Yeah, every one of these is like a great movie. Well, top f- my five is kind of goes back and forth. I think the one I'll do for now is "Won't You Be My Neighbor," which is actually a documentary about uh, Mr. Rogers, Fred Rogers, the uh, children's TV show host. No way. Those. Yeah, I know a lot of people that love Mr. Rogers. Yeah, I don't even. I wouldn't even say that I was like a huge fan. I was probably watching more like Thomas the Tank Engine and Blue's Clues when I was yeah, a little kid. Yeah, me too. Um, I loved Blue's Clues. Blue's Clues is lovely, but. Uh, Mr. Rogers, I mean, I always liked, but this movie, it sort of, not only does it like tell his story with, you know, all these talking heads and all these people who just are, it's clear they loved him, but you really see his influence as a children's educator. And the thing about the movie is towards the end of the movie, it sort of builds and builds into um, talking about Mr. Rogers' philosophies and how they could resonate or how they've been lost in the modern world and how a lot of the things he stood for have sort of been abandoned as you know cultural values or whatever um since his his pat he passed away about 20 years ago yeah um so it's it's a very i mean yeah bring a pack of tissues for this movie yeah. i mean i yeah it's it's a it's, it's a lovely movie yeah so okay so i'm gonna throw you on the spot for a second Jesus. Sure. what entices you like what makes a good documentary? I guess is what I'm trying to get to. Oh well, I, I mean it can be a variety of things because there's lots of different kind of documentaries. Yeah, this one happens to be a, actually a pretty conventional documentary. Like it doesn't really play with the form very much. It's mostly just talking heads, archival. You know, there's obviously a lot of archival footage of Mr. Right, Rogers' right. show. They have a lot of behind the scenes stuff, which is interesting, and it's just sort of people talking about how they knew him, what his life consisted of. And, you know, what his show means at the, at its time and as, you know, in the present day. Um, but a great documentary, I mean, like there was a movie I saw this year that was, you know, probably like, you know, top 20 of the year called The King, which was completely messes with the format. I think Cameron saw this. Yeah, yeah, we saw it. Together. As well. And it's a movie that takes the life of Elvis Presley and sort of tells the story of his life, but really is just telling his story um as sort of a metaphor for the state of America and how the director feels like America is in its fat Elvis uh, oh, stage of yeah, life. Yeah. And so the movie is sort of consists of uh, mostly people talking about Elvis, but also just talking about American culture. And there's, it goes on a lot of different tangents and the thing that kind of holds it together is them all in Elvis's car, you know, seeing music and talking about Elvis, talking about culture, um, it's very very unorthodox um, editing in that movie. Yeah. Um, well, what was sorry. really interesting about about it too is <laughs> the 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 film really addresses the fact that it doesn't really have any sort of clear um, motivation or goal or anything that it's trying to get at. It's it's really just talking to a bunch of different people, basically just having conversations about Elvis and yeah. and also famous and, people, people off the street. Um, people who are more liberal, people who are more conservative. I mean, he's trying to get, like, he just drove through America in, the, in Elvis's Rolls Royce and kind of just wanted to get a, you know, sort of this massive slice of life. Uh, yeah, and I think I think what's really interesting is, like, there was, it's, it's just conversations. It's just talking to people about you know, feels, what they care about. It's yeah, cool. that feels like a podcast episode. It basically, yeah, it, film, it kind of is. You know? Yeah, it yeah. kind of is in a way. He makes it cinematic, but it, it could be. But I'm not sure if I answered your question about what makes a great documentary. I mean, well, like what? What? I guess. I mean, I know that it has to be interesting. To... Has to be, you know, in, informative. Um, but it, it sometimes it can be really kind of, um, you know, 
there, there are documentaries I love that are completely silent movies. There's no dialogue at all. It's just shots of, you know, different places and music. And that can be really boring, but if that's done well, it can be, I mean, one of my favorite movies ever is Baraka, which is, consists of that. So, yeah. You know. Yeah, I mean, I think documentaries, when I sit down and watch a good one, I'm, like, super captivated by it. But most of my experience watching documentaries have been in class when my teacher was too lazy to teach. <laughs> I'm just going to be 100% honest yeah. with you. And so when I'm actually sitting down and watch a movie, I would rather watch pretty much anything else unless sure. it is a documentary that, like, has some sort of historical context that piques my interest, usually. Like, yeah, yeah. for me, uh, World War II documentaries are, like, super interesting. Yeah. I have no idea why, and I think it's Did you watch the Ken Burns one? No. No, I haven't. Mm. Like, I, I can't... I don't even know the name of them. Mm. That's the thing. Like, I'll just start watching them, and I'll be like, oh, this is amazing. This is super yeah, cool. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know who made it or what, like, where it even comes from. You just turn on the History Channel like an old man? <laughs> well, it's that, but, I mean, I don't have TV at my house, so yeah, I don't know how right. I do that. Really, it's a Netflix thing, right? Yeah, Like, yeah, it's yeah. like, oh, shoot, there's a documentary here on Netflix, and I do remember liking March of the Penguins. No joke. So, okay. I've never seen that one, but I assume it's good. Well, it's early, got Morgan Freeman. So. Earlier this year, I watched Ken Burns' documentary on the Vietnam War, which I think did did that come out this year? I think that's 2017. Ah, oh, darn! Otherwise, that would have been on your list, right? Uh, possibly. It really is amazing. It's amazing. Yeah. And the music that he licenses is so. Oh my gosh, it's it's really incredible. Yeah. Such a comprehensive look at. I mean, it's like it's like 16 hours, I think. Um, but such a good, such a good documentary. If you want to, if you want to learn about the Vietnam War, Ken Burns, he's a really talented man. Yeah, most documentaries tend to be kind of feel like school, and, yeah. and the Mister Rogers one, it takes the form of a movie like that, but it, it, it's just a lot more interesting, and and they have a lot more nuance about you know, deconstructing what it was that was so special about him and getting the opinions of a lot of different people. Right. I would, I would, you know, talking about what makes a documentary effective, I would contrast that with something like. Um, I saw a movie called RBG this year, which is about Ruth Bader Ginsburg, and it's, it takes a similar form of being a movie, biographical movie about a really, really respected person um, in history. But that one, to who me, is that? I have no idea who that is. Supreme, Supreme Court, Court Justice. Justice. Okay. It was super big following, and okay. particularly in liberal circles. And in that one, it just wasn't as interesting. I mean, the, her life was interesting, but the thing about the movie was since she's still alive and since she has this huge reputation that right, right. is so like people have such a rapturous love of her, it it became kind of like people fawning over her rather than really thinking about her ideas or really like deconstructing in the same way they do with the Mr. Rogers movie. It sounds like the Mr. Rogers one has a lot of heart. And I know, oh, yeah, yeah. I, I know a lot of people that love Mr. Rogers. So, yeah. I mean, if you guys are a fan or if you just even know about him or... Or like want to know more about him? I I would definitely check yeah. that. I I'm I'm interested. I haven't seen a good documentary in a long time, mm. so mm. that might be the one. Yeah, it's probably yeah. going to win best documentary this year. I mean, it's just like the highest grossing documentary or biographical documentary ever. Yeah, yeah. When when are those Oscars coming around? Late February. February. Yeah. All right. All right. We usually watch them together. And yeah, we have a party. We should yeah. do. We should do a part. Like we should film the party, Cameron. Or you're like, nah. Well, we we, we usually talk go about to the Oscar. I don't know. If we like filming the whole. There like three hours of just us being like. That would be bored. That would be fun to uh, live stream it, but I have no idea how to do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so uh, okay. So should I go four? on? Yeah, let's four. go. Let's let's hear your number four. By the okay. way, wait, wait. Before you continue, sure. Juzo, your number one was already said. Pick another one to talk about in a little bit. Oh, okay? okay, I'll pick yeah. my number six or something. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> um, okay, Mandy, Mandy, number four. Number four. Wow. Yeah, yeah. Mandy's I was really Mandy's struck by it. Probably will not. 
like every I've been trying I, I missed last year but I, last couple years before that I make a top 25 video list like a montage of the best 25 movies of the year and Mandy probably would not make the video this year for me mm. but um, but I'd say it's still like oh, up there with the best movies I've seen. This yeah, yeah. What is Mandy? So Mandy is a Nicolas Cage movie. Um, oh shoot, this one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I know about Mandy. Um, it's so weird. So it's almost. I would say it's almost experimental. I mean, it, it really so, is. Oh, yeah. It's it's. I would say it's a, an experimental horror film. Um, very strange. Very striking images. R- really so weird. Such a weird movie. Not really any uh, detectable narrative that you can pick out. <laughs> yeah. In any well, reason. I mean, there's a very straightforward narrative. I, of I guess so. I being guess a so, revenge yeah. movie uh, of Nicolas Cage going on a giant rampage. But, but that's about it. It's it's about Nicolas Cage going after a cult that kills somebody he likes, right? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, I would. I just want to clarify that it does seem fairly dark, right? Oh, it's very dark. Yeah, yeah. very violent, very dark. Not for the faint of heart. No, kind of movie. Sure. extremely gory, Cameron, extremely bloody. You sicko! You would have this in a no. <laughs> no, but no, it's. I, mean, I, I it, like well, it some too. some of some of the reason why um, it actually like transcends just like a you know a gory horror film a, a gory horror revenge film it's like it it really reminds me actually of of kill bill in a lot of ways um in that it has it has the tone of of kill bill uh, like it doesn't it doesn't have the um the the craftsmanship i would say it, it it's not quite up there but but it really it really strikes the balance that i think has been lost in in horror movies um where you you mix the you know really horrific gory uh, disgusting sequences with really hilarious amazing like fun moments and it's really strange and sometimes both at once i mean we yeah. were lucky enough to see it in the theater and there there's like a sequence where something terrible has happened nicholas cage that i won't specify and he comes back into his house and he's like covered in blood and his his arms are cut up and he goes in the bathroom and he's just wearing his underwear and he takes a bottle out of a drawer and just starts drinking and sobbing. And people in the theater were laughing, but it goes on for so long and his acting is so like amazing. You're like, wow, this is like a really, you feel like you're watching something really like personal and intimate and right. sad. I know? hear that a lot of people are taken back about how good Nicolas Cage is yeah. in the movie. Yeah, he's uh, amazing. Are you sure that's why you're not giving it more credit than... Wait, wait, say what you said again? Nicholas Cage is just good at acting for once in in a long while. <laughs> well, I, oh, would, I think he's always good. I don't, I, I disagree. I mean, I would don't Cage say I wouldn't say he's always good, but oh. I would he's say he's always some kind of good. I would say Nicholas Cage is extremely underrated as an actor. He's like I one would, of the best uh, actors. I, I I don't even know. I would agree with you. Okay, I I love I like Nicholas Cage. In, I'm not even gonna say I love. <laughs> I like Nicholas Cage in some films. Okay, I know you and I, Cameron, have a love for National Treasure. Oh, love National. Uh, Treasure. I do. I, I liked it a lot. I haven't watched it in a long. Long time but yeah that was a, a movie was that a was kid. like a movie when i was a kid yeah, yeah it was right. in the rotation definitely. i really enjoy that film and it was pg so schools could show I, it i guess yeah. we were like we were like the right age like that was oh yeah that yeah. was the movie that that was hot when we were kids yeah because everybody likes it. a little here, younger a little older wouldn't have hit exactly right. exactly uh, there's an inch uh, the uh, yeah so i'm i don't know why i'm talking about nicholas cage there but i hear that he's a little bit of an actor that is off the chain i i was oh, watching he, yeah i was watching uh red letter media's review of mandy 
And they were talking about how there's a weird scene in this movie where the camera is moving forward. And that was the scene I was talking about. And stops yeah. and yeah. backs up. And I'm assuming I'm assuming it was yeah. the scene with yeah. him drinking because yeah. they kind of were like, oh, go off the chain. And and hearing that reminds me of that one scene in where they actually shoot. I totally forget what movie it is. Okay. <clears throat> say, say, say the scene. The, the scene is about a guy getting drunk and he actually cuts himself open and he physically gets drunk on the set and oh, oh leaving in, Las Vegas no, so. no 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 in in Apocalypse Now thank you the, oh, the, okay. the leaving like Las one Vegas of the opening I think shots. Nick Cage was drunk though but. <laughs> yeah so in uh, Apocalypse Now there's a famous scene about an actor yeah Martin Sheen Martin he, Sheen getting actually drunk and cutting himself and still staying in character while he's bleeding and things like that and so Nicholas, yeah, he punches a mirror right Nicholas yeah. Cage I feel like has that energy behind behind his acting and and just that scene alone that you're talking about the fact that the cameraman is moving forward with the shot stops and backs up because they have no idea what he's gonna do explains enough about it and of course i'm saying i'm stealing this part from the red letter media review obviously but yeah i mean mandy's something i want to check out but i don't know if it's for me and i and i feel like i don't know if we should recommend it to a lot of people if, if you if you can stomach it i would recommend it because would it's say, really great i i mean i don't even know if i would recommend it really um just because it's such a weird movie i mean it really i just i don't know you well enough isaac to say like is this in your like realm of taste like if i had seen it and and without cameron i would recommend it to cameron because i know cameron like sick twisted <laughs> yeah, movies and, and here's the thing though cameron like i told you to make a list about like the nuggets of 2018 and cameron you're studying film. This is something that took you off guard and you're like, dang, I love this, right? And so I'm not sure if all of our listener base is going to love Mandy. And no, no undoubtedly not. Probably not. not. Yeah. 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 And so but, the, well, I wanted to clarify sure, that sure, before sure, we sure. start recommending, right, like right. talking about the, it, right? Okay, okay. I will clarify. My list isn't necessarily the ones that I'm going to recommend to everybody, right? My list going forward is is like my favorite movies of the year the ones that really took me off guard the ones that really like that i really appreciate so so you're telling me you didn't listen to the prompt at all no no did not made the best <laughs> i made the best oh, to, i, I, I thought we were changing 10. to top five period the way we changed it to top five as long as we clarify just okay. for you listeners take it with a grain of salt like want me to be right? my neighbor i don't even know it would be in my top five I, I guess that's kind of a hidden gem if you don't see documentaries but i'd say if you I, I would say here's the thing if you like horror films you like weird things mandy's you, a hidden you gem like, period yeah. you like Nicolas cage see mandy well, it's, it's, a, it's the weirdest movie you'll see this year but it, it's really something special and i hear it's super violent it's it super is. violent it's it's like two concentric circles because the movie is is like it's inspired by like gory stupid b movies from the 80s but it's also it's done in like a really like high art like beautiful style. I mean, it's like one of the most beautiful looking yeah, movies. Absolutely. It's got this like pink like neon glow to it. Um, it's you know there's all these scenes where these characters are on acid and it, and it's just like th there's one scene where it's a close up of his wife and it, it, you realize slowly that his wife's face is fading, dissolving into the cult leader's face, and you almost don't notice that at first. But it, yeah, it's like a really trippy movie. So if, if, if that sort of thing, if you want to fall into one of those categories of movie watcher, you will enjoy Mandy. <laughs> I, but, feel like yeah, I, I feel like I want to check it about? out with Cameron, but yeah. as, like yeah. you guys need to know what you're getting into before definitely, you turn this one definitely. on. I just wanted to clarify that. Yeah. Um, when you were talking about uh, the face shifting, it totally triggered me 
reminded me of this uh, YouTube video I watched. I watch a lot of YTP, if you know what that is. Oh, gosh. Yeah, it's YouTube poop. And there's this scene this where be funny. Uh, Padme's head turns into a chicken nugget, but you don't notice <laughs> at first. So, uh, yeah, um, you can check that one out uh, on YouTube.com slash something. I, will. I yeah. have no idea. It's Star Wars clone something. There's also a scene about uh anakin skywalker relating to hitler so that, that one's good. funny that yeah. one's pretty good i know i showed cameron that scene so choose a anyway number four so we're going to four well my number four movie is uh is paddington 2 which is of okay. course the sequel this to- blew my mind when you said this juzo well yeah i mean it's 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 just such a lovely movie paddington 2 and won't you be my neighbor kind of fall into the same kind of category of, of really sweet like family friendly movies i mean it, it paddington 2 is a kid's movie um but it's sort of like a Pixar kids movie where it can be enjoyed if you're an adult, you know, I, and I've been recommending it to everyone I know and I finally got Cameron to see it and I think you liked it. Oh, I loved it. It's it was great. Top five maybe. It's but... not my top five. It is in my top 10 though. Oh, it is. Okay. This is blowing my mind because every time I'm at Juliana's house, my lady friend's house, she has that Xfinity like thing where you can play a bunch of free movies. They have so many free movies and Paddington is always on that list. Oh, watch it. And Juliana's like, Oh, Paddington, let's watch that. I'm like, this yeah, looks should. like <laughs> trash. Do you, I'm not well, watching do you this. like like uh, like Wes Anderson movies or like I don't watch Wes Anderson. Okay, movies. okay. Because the style is kind of like that. It kind of has like this yeah. candy box look to it. Okay. There's like literally sometimes where the set will like open up like a dollhouse and the camera will follow. I mean, it's like they're beautifully made movies, and the CGI of Paddington is like impeccable. Um, and they're just they're so sweet and they're really funny. They're kind of like they're sort of nods to silent era movies like yeah, oh, okay. absolutely okay. um and Ooh. Paddington 2 is just is just I, I don't know it's it's just such a wonderful treat of a movie that I, you know you go see it and and it, with my family and, and it's, it was just so lovely I, I know, know you guys are cinephiles this is just blowing my mind yeah I can't even it's find really words good. for it it's just yeah it's, just it's, re- it's really spectacular yeah I, I think I like the first Paddington a little bit better hmm. um all I know is that it's about a bear yeah a lovely bear. Yeah, the a first one is bear. about him coming to London and him being adopted being, into this yeah, family. And it's so sweet. And it's the such father's a sweet like, movie. why are we bringing this bear into our house? And the mother's like, but this bear's lovely. And <laughs> and, uh, and the children like the bear. And and uh, the first one's really fun. You guys are playing a prank on me. <laughs> no, 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 sir, just, no. It's really good. And it's like a Hugh Grant in the second Also, performances in the movie. Hugh Grant plays this guy who's who's the villain of the second one, who, who he's like a a failed theater actor who's trying to steal a <laughs> treasure to become successful again. And he has like multiple personality disorder. He dresses up in all these different costumes and he talks to himself in his attic. Um, and Brendan Gleeson <laughs> plays a chef who Paddington uh, encounters. I'm losing my mind. <laughs> oh my goodness. What? It, okay. Like I, I guess I'll check it out. I don't know. Just watch it for curiosity's sake. If you start it, just be just for like, eh, I'll I'll check it out. No you know? joke. I'm expecting Paddington Two to be like completely different than what you guys are talking about. No, no, it's it's, it's it's the most wholesome movie you'll see this year. Yeah, I'm just scared, dude. It's like when people are like, "Yeah, you gotta watch Troll 2. It's the best movie ever. No, 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 no. no, no it's no, not no, like no. that at all. No, 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 it's like it's like actually a really sweet movie. <laughs> I'm just playing. With it's you guys. a really fun movie. <laughs> Although it would kill me if like Paddington pulled out a machine gun. That, that would be <laughs> really fun. And I'd be like, be yes. Fun. Though actually, Paddington 2 has like one of the best action sequences I've seen in any movie. It's <laughs> it's amazing. There's a there's a chase scene in Paddington on a train. No, it's it's really funny to describe this to you, not you not knowing about it, but. No, it's an amazing. Isn't it amazing? You know it it is. About. It is. But but also you said that in the year that Mission Impossible came out. <laughs> well, maybe not. But it's it's you know it's close. It's close. So all right, Paddington Two. Check great it out. movie. Great movie. 
Check uh, it so out. Yeah, so I will go to three. Let's do another. It. A little bit obscure one, and I think, and I, I <laughs> think I'm gonna fail at this at this game. Story. No, oh, definitely not. Um, episode you, one, you see, Lynn Ramsey's "You Were Never Really Here" is my third. Oh, yeah. what is this movie? So um, it's basically a take on on uh, Martin Scorsese's Taxi Driver. Uh, very similar concept, but uh, it's based on a novel, actually, right? It yeah. is. It is. Um, but I think they somehow share the same roots or something. I, I don't know. Might, I, yeah. 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 Um, we have the novels connected to Taxi Driver. I think so. Um, but, but yeah, uh, it's, it's about a, basically a hit man who, um, who ends up having to save this girl from, from prostitution. Um, and, just a beautifully crafted movie. Really, really. Yeah, there's nothing about the plot of this movie that no. we can really explain it because no. the entire movie, the entire value of the movie is the filmmaking, is the directing. Because she she has a style that's very, very. How would you just? I don't even know how I describe it. Um, poetic um, and yeah. not very, not very, um, almost like ethereal. Like she she directs in a way where you get the feeling of of the moment instead of the actual like. Like story of the moment, right? I like uh, movies like this. Yeah, and so it, it's like it's like really, um, uh, it's really almost like you're in his head, right? Like you're right, you're right. you're exactly. like reading his memories. It's like it's like if he was to remember a time in his life, this is this is the movie version of how it would be. Okay, and so and so the main character, he you know, he's this very troubled guy. Um, very, I think he's a war veteran. I believe. Yeah, I think so. I think so. Um, and he has these very strange memories, these very strange things that that he brings up from his past, and um, <clears throat> and things happen to him that are like really awful, <laughs> like really oh, terrible yeah, yeah. things happen to him. And yeah. so and so he, you know, he he almost you almost come around to him like he's he's a bad guy, but you you come around to him being being this like really troubled soul and, and okay. being actually compassionate and and I I don't know it's a really it's a really interesting. And it's 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 a movie where you watch and you're like, okay, that that was pretty good. And then you then you go away for a couple of days and like and like images from it just like pop into your head, you know? And it like, like permeates throughout your and it like really just imprint imprints itself into your in, into your your mind. There yeah. there are like some images in this movie that like you'll just never forget. You know, it's it's really incredible. Yeah. Okay, so as a casual movie goer, is this movie for me? What's what are what well, are if you like Drive? I think you it might be for you because right. it's kind of a similar type of character, yeah. type of story. Also, a very stylized movie that's a lot more about the style, the cinematography, substance, and the, right? and the music yeah. and the feeling the movie evokes rather than the story it's telling. Because yeah. I mean, if you take apart Drive, the story is, is as you know generic as any movie right, can be. Right. It's, it's all, all about the, how he does it. Yeah, it's all about the feeling. Yeah, yeah right. exactly. Yeah, yeah, and that that's what this movie is. It, it's a different feeling than Drive. Uh, right. It mm-hmm. it doesn't give you the same sort of like. Like Drive is a very um, romantic, nostalgic. Feeling. Yeah, exactly, exactly. This one's and it's very more fun, honestly. Yeah, it is more fun. Th- yeah. This one's a very like troubled but but compassionate movie. You know, okay. it's it's like it's like you're really getting into the mind of somebody who's like really disturbed. But I don't know why I'm flashing to like Breaking Bad images. Are the is this is this on the similar train or is it less dark or is it more dark or I'd say it's it? a little bit more dark, but. Um, but but similarly um, striking, like like Breaking Bad has has a has a different style, definitely. Right, but right. but like it it's it does the same thing where it's it's like 
oh wow i've never seen something like that you know i've never seen something like uh, like you were never really here and and so like that that's why i think it's okay like so did you, the most surreal scenes in breaking bad and then just stretch it into 90 minutes yeah exactly exactly okay like when he's driving around on the bus and that song's playing yeah about, right, right. I, I know i'm gonna die or whatever like that type of thing yeah yeah it sounds awesome did i actually want to check it out did you um have you seen um uh we need to talk about kevin no, that's on that's on Netflix. It's an amazing movie, incredible. Is movie. this twenty eight? And by the no, same no, director. No, no. By the I'm, same. I'm saying okay. by the this same director. Previous movie. Yeah, um, yeah it came out in what twenty twelve, twenty eleven. Yeah. And I like probably like that one more. I think I, that's I her do too. Best I do. Movie. Yeah, yeah. It is. Well, it's her it's her best movie because it actually like it does the story thing right. You know, like it. It, it, yeah, I like you never he- really here, but I felt a little. I was a little falling asleep in some parts of it. Sure, sure. Um, I, but I think, I think for me, really the value comes down to, to how, how she puts the images across, how she puts the feelings across, and, and I think, uh, you know, for me, one of the one of the things that I really value in a movie is is how it, how it stays in my head, like how it how it really keeps me um, after I've seen it. Yeah, I think so, the movies that like stick with you afterwards right. are the ones that you're like, oh my gosh, I love right, this right, movie. right. I want to see it again. Yeah. yeah. So that, that's that to me. To me, you were never really here. Like really knocks it out of the park. I to to be fair, I didn't see this movie this year. The first time I saw it last year um, in 2017. Yeah, you went so, to Cannes. You should explain. Um, yeah. So <laughs> I wasn't gonna <laughs> bring it what up. Is, but, whoa, whoa, what is Cannes? Just so it, it's a film festival I went to um, in. It, well, I guess it's the biggest film festival in the world. Yeah, technically, that you had a film that you worked on was in. Yes. Yeah, <laughs> uh, and so I, <laughs> so I went to I went to Cannes. Uh, we we premiered there, but I also got to go to the f- actual festival and, and see a bunch of movies. And this one, this one was the one wh- one of the, I think, three movies that I saw where I was like, wow, this is incredible! I can't wait for everybody else to see it. Yeah, so. yeah. Really quick, I really enjoyed the film that went to Cannes with you. Oh, what is it called and where can people find it it's called oh, something cool. carved in real uh, you can look it up on YouTube it's really it. awesome it's and it's short yeah. and it's it's five minutes Cameron's yeah. cinematographer and yeah yep. so if you want to see if Cameron's points are valid check that out I think sure. it, it's not I mean I'm sure you don't think it's a flawless piece but I really do think it's put together really well so well I mean it, I, I think it's put together pretty well for being slapped together in All like right. three days you don't so. have to be so cocky jeez okay <laughs> Number Mo- number three. For oh, you. Actually, wait, hold on. I said okay really loud about like five minutes ago. This is a really random side note. Thirty seconds. Just give sure. it with me. Have you guys seen Ghost Story? A Ghost Story with yes. K- Casey Affleck. Yeah, yeah, I have. Is it good? It's amazing. But have you seen it? No, I haven't seen it. That's one where it's 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 a hard recommendation because it's it that's a very very experimental movie. Yeah, and that's and that movie in particular is one of the weirdest movie going experiences I've ever had because for I'd say the first like 45 minutes of the movie i thought it, this movie was lousy like i was watching it i was like like slapping myself to wake up i was like why does this guy have these long shots but then the movie and and don't read anything about this movie if you see it i haven't read but, anything besides the fact that it's good yeah so but as the movie continues you realize what the director is doing and what he's saying with the movie and i was like wow that was like really profound um, awesome. Okay, yeah. that's all. I, I just wanted to know your opinion, just on the spot, because that's one that's been on my backlog for a yeah, while. Yeah, that was like it. top five of 2017. Yeah. Boom, boom, boom. Juzo, hit me with it. Where were we number at? three? My number three, I think, would be Black Klansman, which is the latest Spike Lee movie. I'm not sure if this is on. Who's Spike on Lee? List. It's on my top ten. Who's Spike Lee? Do you not know who Spike Lee is? Dude, I'm I'm casual, man. 
Um, Spike Lee is like a uh, pioneer of uh, black American cinema. He made Do the Right Thing in the 80s. He's kind of probably one of the first African-American filmmakers to sort of break out uh, in the 80s. And Never 90s. heard of, yeah, one of Do the yeah. Right Thing. Is there anything it's else? really excellent. Do the Right Thing, Malcolm X, okay. Inside Malcolm Man, X. 25th Hour. I love Inside Man. Oh, that's you really, do? Yeah, that's really oh, interesting. Oh, that's Spike Lee. Yeah. Okay, cool. And that was the thing about Spike Lee is he he makes a many movie he makes almost a movie a year and he does a lot of stuff that's like mainstream and a lot of stuff that's very you know out there and and kind of art house stuff and inside man was the last movie i think that he made that even made money like the, yeah, yeah. every movie he's made in the last like how many years since that 12 years has just been you know has lost money has made like only really did black klansman not not make money no black klansman is the first hit that's oh right, right right it's right. made a lot of it, it had good marketing that's the it's reason really it, excellent it's, it's really a, excellent. and people talk about it as a return to form and it's a return to form in terms of box office but i think he's made a lot of good movies you know between since inside man uh black klansman is the true story of uh uh the first black police officer in colorado springs who decided one day that he would uh, call up the local Ku Klux Klan chapter and become a member on the phone. How does this movie not sound interesting? I know. It, it's amazing. It's really yeah. great. Um, and he got, and then he got a, he had a guy impersonate him, a white officer who was actually Jewish. Though I'm not sure if he was Jewish. In, I think he wasn't Jewish in real life. And um, this is uh, Kylo Ren, right? Yeah, Adam yes. Driver. Adam, I yeah. really like Adam Driver. And, and the officer, Ron Stallworth, the black officer, is played by John David Washington, who's the son of Denzel. Very and, cool. And uh, who's also very talented. Um, and the movie, it, it's it's just such an interesting movie because people talk about Spike Lee as like a political filmmaker and it's a like it's a very political movie, and there's a lot of things where he's referencing things in the modern era, right? Right. Um, including at at the end of the movie, there's a very direct thing, which I don't about like. Charlottesville. But and I, yeah, Cameron found a little overt. I didn't mind it for this movie. Generally, I don't like that in movies, but I, I, Spike Lee has this quality. I mean, Spike Lee's like one of my favorite filmmakers ever. I mean, Twenty Fifth Hour is like top two of all time. Movies. Okay. Um, and. He, he he's somehow able to get away with being very direct about things politically and, and I think making it work. Um, but I do think if he didn't have the thing about, about Charlottesville, the message still would be made about, you know, um, the prevalence of, you know, white supremacist groups. And, uh, but again, it, I mean, do you want to talk about the movie? Yeah, I mean, well, because I make it sound like it's just a political thing. No, but it's, no. it's, it's well, not that type of movie. Well, well the interesting, w- one of the most in- interesting things that I found about it, and I, there, there was a lot of um, political movies this year that that dealt with race, um, yeah. and I think this was, um, I mean, I, I put it above the the other two that I saw. So uh, I, th- I think this is the best, um, you know, movie about race, in quite a while quite a while that i've seen um and and the reason why is because it actually really um it really takes the the idea of um of of racism and res i guess you could say resistance i i'm, I'm trying to not say loaded words here sure, um whatever yeah but but racism and and like groups that are trying to um that are you know organizing protests, political groups that are organizing protests against racism, and it really takes them apart on on uh, what their fundamental values are and what their uh, their but ideas he doesn't make a false equivalency. Which no, is the, they, the, you can often fall into that trap if you make a movie that's about you know you have racism because in the movie, like literally, there's one sequence where you're seeing a, a rally where. Klansmen are like in robes and they're watching Birth of a Nation. They're cheering as black people are being lynched, 
and at the same time you're seeing a, a black student union rally where they're, they're talking about the history of birth of a nation the real you know real life impacts that movie had and they're cutting they're and he's inter- he intercuts it together which Oof. i mean as a black filmmaker is like a pretty loaded thing to say but he's not making the, the equivalency he's just talking about how those two groups interact and by centering the movie on a character who's both black but a police officer creates a really interesting dichotomy going on because obviously the the clansmen are going to look at Ron being a black man in you know very negative light but then also Ron who is also trying to infiltrate and get to know the black student union people undercover is treated with a lot of suspicion and hostility from them because they suspect he's a police officer so you you get a kind of a very interesting picture of um about about a, a person who's sort of caught between uh the different uh the different extremes really well, right different He's extremes in a, he, and different different ideologies that exist in the world and how you know that's something that still exists nowadays you know right. because you know being like for example my my dad is a police officer he's a police chief and he um you know is a person who is i would say is very like socially liberal but being a police officer is very loaded to for to a lot of people in berkeley and you can kind of feel like you know you're kind of split between two halves when you have people yelling at you from one side and yelling at you from the other and i thought the the movie does an interesting job of showing that while also still you know making you understand the devastating impact of what these hate groups can um be yeah i love movies that kind of straddle in the gray and make you think about stuff right and, and one of the things that i really appreciate about Spike Lee as a filmmaker and not Spike Lee as a as a political commentator is <laughs> is he in his films he's able to be actually really honest um, about about what is happening like as yeah. a writer I think he, I think he really like he really thinks about things and he thinks about character motivations and he thinks about about you know what what is going on in these people's heads and I think as a as a political commentator, he comes off as as you know. He sort seems of extreme. That, I think he's less than he seems, but maybe yeah. He oftentimes says like inflammatory things. Like I think he got in trouble recently because he he gave the address of what he thought was George Zimmerman's house, the guy who shot Trayvon Martin, but it wasn't oh. actually the guy's house. So Jeez. a bunch of people were, were mobbed these innocent people, and you know, he, so he can do stuff that you know comes off bad in in his public pronouncements, but in his movies, he always has. He's always it's it's interesting because he's very confrontational about race relations and about social issues but he's also fair like do the right thing if you haven't seen it you don't know about that it's a movie about it's it takes place in 24 hours on a mostly black in a mostly black neighborhood and the racial conflicts that ensue between the black customers and the italian white um proprietors of the of a, a pizza place yeah and the thing about the movie is you see the struggles the black characters are going through but at the same time he doesn't caricature them obviously but he also doesn't caricature the italians they're all kind of exaggerated characters but they're not he he has he has such empathy in his movies that there's a kind of a warmth forever else even the korean grocers who are across the street yeah that's really cool i like when movies aren't overly heavy-handed and it sounds like this what's his name again the filmmaker spike Spike lee spike lee instead of not being like heavy-handed he's just like both hands are heavy you know what I mean? It's yeah, a weird thing because yeah. people talk about him like he's heavy hand. Like when the trailer came out, you got people on the right who were saying stuff about, oh, Spike Lee, all his movies about race. This is just right, right, thing. right. But I think when, once people started seeing the movie, you know, you realized, oh, this is, you know, it, he is, I mean, it's a weird movie. Black Clansman's a weird movie because it is in some ways very heavy handed. Um, but 
you come away with a lot more than just it being a message movie. Interesting. That's what makes it so yep. great. Interesting. And of course, it's just beautiful. I mean, he's just so talented. As the trailer's super the well put together. Yeah. So I did want to check it out even yeah, before you guys you recommended. Should. I don't know if, uh, what is it, Green Book? Is on any of your guys' list? Green Book's on, on my list, top ten, but no. it's wonderful. It's, it's very really good. Yeah. It, it looks interesting. It's about a uh, black musician being driven around by a white, uh, an Italian, yeah, yeah. A white Italian, Italian guy. Yeah, um, looks really good. I know Jules saw it. My girlfriend, she said it was really awesome. So. Yeah, it's it's oh, a it's really good. sweet movie. It's Fun a very movie. like, yeah, very intriguing. In a in a similar way, has a look at, um, at at sort of racism that I think is really surprising. Not what you would really think of, of coming out of Hollywood. So it's a much, yeah. It's, and it's, it's a much warmer movie. That's more oh, like, yeah, a, it's more like a family movie. Yeah. And because of that, it's a little bit more simplistic and people kind of are ragging on it. I think a little bit too much because uh. of that. But I, th- I think it's a really good movie. I, it's, you know, it's, it's in the top 15. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Okay. We're at 50 minutes. Let's try to wrap up your list okay. guys. What am I at? Two? Yep. Okay. Number two. Wait, let me. Oh, go ahead. Hereditary. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. The That's movie, like eight for me. Yeah. <laughs> the movie Cameron can't tell you about. It. Yeah, basically. Hereditary. Oh, it's so good. Oh. All I can say it's so good. It's a first time director. It's well made. Yeah. Um, crazy. Crazy. That's crazy how he's a first time director. That's yeah. really amazing. But, but I mean, one of the things that like sh- shocks you about this movie is it's only a horror film in this in the last like 45 minutes really um like it's it's pretty not scary for the i mean it's almost like a family drama in the it really is a family drama yeah and and the second half i mean it's devast it's absolutely devastating the first the first hour but but it's 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 a it is not a scary movie i would say it's not all that scary of a movie but it is like really shocking and devastating and okay. and pretty pretty intense at some point so as a casual movie goer yeah it's like mandy where you don't want to no yeah, no no no, no. St- i it's not like mandy no casual- no i know i mean in terms of like the faint of not for the oh faint of right right, it, right it's more disturbing because mandy's like over the top like a b movie right this movie is like there's stuff in this movie that's like will traumatize you if you don't have the stomach for it oh, so it's there's it a big warning on it but it's also like amazingly crafted and and it works as a drama that's the thing that's so great about it is it it's 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 it could be like a bergman movie if you took away the horror elements of it you know okay it and and it's a character film too i mean it's really a character study of this family who's you know yeah uh, yeah, i guess i guess i can go through a little bit of the story basically the family is um there's a family who's kind of being haunted a little bit by their grandmother who's kind of an imposing figure haunted i i i say in air quotes because it's mostly like the memory of her of of the grandma you didn't eat all of grandma's cookies no i mean the relationship that the main character the mother has with her mother the grandmother is is kind of where the movie kicks off right yeah. it's probably and like a broken relationship very broken very it, well, yeah and and you 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 get the sense it's broken but it's not until there's this scene at a group therapy session where the camera just holds on tony collette as she's going through like all the stuff she went through as a child and everything yeah, yeah. and then you're like oh crap like this is like this is like on another level so of messed up yeah cameron's been ranting about hereditary and how much uh-huh. he can't talk about it and uh-huh. how you should just go see it well there's yeah. a there's a particular cold. there's a particular moment in the film where once you it's, how 
when it when is it? Is it like thirty minutes in? Approximately, yeah. Yeah. So about thirty minutes into the movie, you're like, okay, this is pretty good. This is like a you know a really interesting movie. I'm I'm excited on right, where right, it's, where right. it's going. And then a particular thing happens where you're like, I. I'm sold. I'm in. Wow. For no, the rest of the movie. yeah, it just it's like grabs you, and it's, you're like, whoa, yeah, okay, it, yeah, it shakes you up. I mean, it really shakes you to the core. Not for the fan of heart, though. No, that is the thing, Cameron. You always recommend these movies that I don't think most people can take. So you got to be too. Hey, come on, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you gotta you gotta take it with a grain of salt. I do think Hereditary. I've heard a lot of good things about it, and even people that I know who aren't crazy like cinephiles. They yeah. go see this movie and they're like, "Dang, that was you, a really good movie." If you can watch like normal horror films, I think Hereditary is is. One what do you for mean you. by normal? Like, I just want to clarify. Carrie or something like that. I mean, it's more emotional than most horror movies. Okay, though. like a lot of horror movies don't invest a lot in their characters. Like I just saw Halloween, the original recently. Right, right. It's kind of just like it's more just like for fun, you know? Right, right. This is more in the vein of something like Carrie or like I don't know if you saw The Witch recently or no. mo- movies like that where you really kind of. Um, they're more than just horror. It's a, it's a lot about the drama aspect of yeah. it, but they're also very disturbing and very scary. Okay, here's the thing, though. Juzo, I am totally bad at horror movies. I hate horror movies. I can't watch them. Okay, well, should then I, maybe... Should I give this one a shot? What, what do you mean by you can't watch them? I'm just... I'm a little baby. I is can't it, take it. Well, is it about the jump scares or is it about the gore? Jump scares. I can't do jump okay, scares. Okay, well, Hered- Hereditary has no jump scares. Okay. Or, yeah, really... Uh, maybe like one. one. But, yeah. It's it's not about jump scares. So, Cameron, I love PT. Okay. What? Yeah, right. this is yeah, this is right up your alley. Then. All right. I don't know what that yep. means. Here's yep. the thing. So, there's this. there was a game called PT. Oh, it's a game. Okay. And it literally has one jump scare and it's all, like, gut-wrenching imagery horror yeah all right that, that's what this is that's what this is and so i think i do want to check it out but part of me i don't know i feel like i want to watch it with you cameron i don't know yeah, yeah, it's yeah, fun to watch it i'll cry it i'll cry the whole time i almost <laughs> i almost don't even know if i could watch it again just because it's oh, so good Lord. i saw it Maybe, again with you oh yeah like it again. i was i mean i was i was like shook up for a week about it <sighs> i don't know if i can do it not then. not the not the horror of it. it it's not scary it's not a movie no where it's you the, go, all about the emotions where you where you go in and you're like where you like come out and you're like oh i'm okay, so scared right. you know you go to bed at night and you're like oh i can't you know it's not it's not a movie like that it's a movie where you're like painful I, emotional weight i cannot believe that someone thought about this <laughs> yeah because it's his original screenplay too that's the other thing yeah. then i don't know if i'm gonna like it if i'm being honest it's good it's here's really the, good here's the thing cameron i work for a church all right yeah and a lot of people talk about a lot of terrible things that are going on with their life mm, and yeah, you kind of yeah, have yeah. to carry those burdens yeah, i'm not gonna yeah, for sit sure. down for entertainment and put down emotional weight no, that no, doesn't no, even yeah. exist okay yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm no not, i can get that i'm probably not going to be entertained i'm just trying to throw the other side of the coin because i know you guys are like these are great films these are cinephile with like little nuggets that you should go check out and so i'm going to push back a little bit oh of course that, that's the only thing i don't so. i think it's it's something that would only be fun to really watch with a friend if, if that's your kind of take on horror movies uh, but it, it's not something you have to i mean there's no point in watching even a great movie if you're going to be feeling sick through the whole thing right i mean like for me i really enjoyed what i saw of train spotting but there's mm. a scene in train spotting where i mean if you haven't seen it sorry it's spoilers it okay uh there's a scene where an infant dies right Oof, yeah and i'm sitting there with jewel she couldn't watch it we had to turn it off she's really? like i literally can't take this huh. yeah. i can't take it it's like too traumatic for yeah. me and and i was kind of bummed because i was like yeah this is horrible i'm just a totally desensitized person well if you could if you could go through train spotting i think it almost has a similar wavelength of like 
of like really terrible. I want to I want to see Hereditary with you, Cameron, okay. just because. Yeah. All right, because you won't shut up about this movie. Yeah, right? I think when you watch it, you you yeah. you'll be blown away. All I'm right. pretty sure you will. All right. If you're in San Francisco, invite me too. Yeah, I'd be happy to watch it again. It's it would amazing. be fun. Yeah, it would be fun. All right. Okay, we're coming up on an hour. Okay. Two. Here's the thing, guys. I want to shout this out for you guys okay. really quick, listeners. We will not be recording episodes on the last two weeks of December. ECFS, we probably should have said that like an hour ago. <laughs> yeah, we should have said it an hour ago. I keep forgetting at the beginning of the show. Right, Cameron, okay. next week, remind me. We, okay? we don't have a show next week. We do. That's our oh. last one. Oh, really? December has five weeks in it oh, okay, this okay. month. Okay. The last two weeks of December, we are not recording any more episodes uh, just just for the to the end of the year we will be back in january we plan to be doing some creative stuff and maybe either taking a break or trying to reconsider like what is everything comes from something we want to kind of make sure that we're having that same quality to our episodes so we're coming up on an hour but we're not done with the topic we had the same my number one already but yeah yeah we had the same issue last episode we went way too long yeah i'm not saying this is going to be a two-hour episode it's not. It's not going to be. But we much. haven't even touched on the Hollywood break, yeah. blockbusters. Okay? Oh yeah. We so did. and we did not the I, la- like the worst movies movie. and not the worst movies of the year either. So I want to I want to finish the episode with the same quality and the same strength. Okay. So okay. we might go a little long. I'm warning you, but don't worry. It's for your own benefit because we don't have episodes of the last two. It's for your own good. Okay, maybe it's not for your own oh, good. Yeah. Take what you can. All right. It's free. Jeez, guys. It's free. <laughs> it's only taking time. The most valuable thing in the universe. All right. Jeez. Okay. Where are we? All right. Okay, you're at Number two. Number two, which is uh, First Reformed, which is uh, mm. Ethan Hawke uh, drama by Paul Schrader, who wrote movies like Raging Bull and Taxi Driver and uh, other stuff. And, and he also directed movies like Mishima. Um, it's basically a movie about a, a priest who works this very, very small... Uh, how would you describe it? Small. It's like a town. It's like a... I, I don't know. It's almost. a historical church that's been yeah, around for like right, 200 right, right. years. I got you. That's owned by a large mega church, and he runs the tiny one. Um, but basically, the movie is about him being caught in this kind of um, spiritual and also uh, a, a spiritual crisis, and also that's also brought on by um, environmental concerns because he he meets with this young environmentalist who doesn't want to bring a child into the world because of the state of the environment, and those concerns start to weigh heavily on Ethan Hawke. I mean, it's a very austere movie, very like quietly in in its not just the sound, but the way it's composed, very, you know, static shots, um, almost no music. Um, and om- it seems like it would be the most boring thing in the world. But the performances and the writing and the the way he gets you into the head of this character and of this kind of crisis he's going through is really extraordinary and Ethan Hawke is like one of the best performances I've seen all year Cameron you've seen the movie too yes right? it just missed my top five it's six oh, okay. it's six so yeah it's really incredible um one of the things that I really appreciated uh, about it actually is that it takes like like faith really seriously oh yeah um mm-hmm. like it 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 actually really deeply considers what uh you know what it means to be um not not just not just a Christian, but a, like a pastor in in this specific area, and a and a pastor who is like it, it's it's so weird because it's one of the only movies I've seen where it it comments on the you know the differences between like an an old um, sort of historical church and and something more modern, something yeah, more yeah. new, um, and it uses it in a really interesting way on on commenting about um, about religion in general, just commentating about how 
um, how certain things are are changing, how certain um, elements of of the church are changing, and and whether or not that's you know that's beneficial. And so yeah, so that that's I don't know. It's a it's a really um, it's a really sincere movie. It's a very um, very dark, very bleak movie um, in in a lot of ways. Um, but I think it's, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know. It's another one that's, that's a little it's, bit hard to recommend. It's a hard sell for, for just a normal moviegoer. It's kind of, I can't really sell it the way I would like Hereditary or the Mr. Rogers thing. Right, it's, right. it's more one where you sort of just have to take a leap of faith with it. I mean, <laughs> I don't really, that was not meant to be humorous. Um, <laughs> you know, I don't even really like those type of movies. I mean, there's a movie a few years ago, a lot of people, including Cameron, like called Silence, oh, which is about it. priests so going, I thought it was the most boring thing I've ever seen. <laughs> um, so, um, Surprising mean, to hear it's your number two, though. First reform. Yeah, and I was, I I heard good things about it, but I, I was surprised how much I was moved by it and really liked it. I mean, I'm not personally not religious, so I mean, that's also can be lacking when I watch some religious movies. Yeah, yeah. Um, like Silence, I guess. But, but this one, it really... Uh, was just very, I don't know. It just kind of hits you in a certain way, and and um, and the way it sort of builds. It's 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 very much a, a sibling film to Taxi Driver, and that's about a person who's got a very loose hold of of sanity, and his crisis that he goes through is kind of akin to that. Yeah, that Travis Bickle goes through in Taxi Driver. Okay, I just want to throw out some comments because I've never heard of this movie mm-hmm. before. Okay. And it has my interest peaked. And, you know, if you, if you know me, I have a religious background, okay? Mm-hmm. There's a couple comments I want to make about this. First of all, Cameron, would you consider this a Christian movie? I'm just wondering. Mm. What makes a movie a Christian movie, though? It's Does it have to be pro-Christian? That's it's... the first thing. It's bad. No. no I'm just kidding. No, no, no. <laughs> if we're talking like God's not dead Christian movie. That's what I was talking about. Well, no, not no, necessarily, no, no. It's, but it's not. It's, my question is, is this what you would want to be a Christian movie? Yes, yes, yeah, absolutely. Um in the way that it that it actually um that it actually takes like religion and faith and uh and the idea of um not being not being sure about your faith and not being um yeah, not being convinced about certain things. Like it it really takes it really takes the struggle with um, with the concept of faith seriously yeah, yeah. And that that is that is what i want out of a christian movie i, I it, like it, it comes from a very like a religious person like schrader yeah. grew up of in a very strict i think calvinist uh, uh, yeah, sector yeah. or whatever you call it and uh he he you know he has like very very strong feelings about these things but he's also you know very probably very socially liberal i guess i mean he's came from that you know new hollywood movement of like scorsese and of course he like a lot of people is very concerned about the environment so it's kind of coming from these two different angles you wouldn't expect right right it to but i mean as a person who doesn't know much about it i thought it had a lot of respect i mean even the the guy who runs the church the big mega church that's kind of portrayed in more cynically right, right. he's a very sympathetic character he's played by the comedian cedric the entertainer actually mm, yeah and he's you know he's a pretty benevolent yeah. character and it's it's not a movie that is about drawing any simplistic lines about um politics or faith or right. human behavior that's super interesting. Something I notice when you guys are discussing the film is that it's, it has a darker tone to it. Oh yeah. 
And I mean, this could be granted to the fact that I was listening to a Jordan Peterson podcast beforehand, uh-huh. but uh, really interesting where the, fi- when you're describing it, it sounds like the film is, a- has a lot to do with silent self-reflection. Yeah. yeah. Am I on the yeah. right? Am I on the right? Yes. Point? Yeah. The director, he describes the style he's going, cause he's kind of emulating the style of other spiritual filmmakers. Like, right. Right. Um, Robert Brisson or, uh, Carl Dreyer. And he wanted the film to, I think he used the word aesthetic quality. He mm, wanted yeah, to have yeah. this quality yeah. that he, you take away a lot of the traditional elements of a regular film that kind of causes you to lean in like the lack of music, the lack of camera movement or very few, you know, uh, camera movements makes you kind of pay more attention because the movie kind of gets this intensity to it that is kind of the way cinematically you create a spiritual feel in the yeah, film because right, you know right. that's the way you, that's how you have to do it. I think that self reflection is a really terrifying thing for a lot of people, and it sounds it's like terrifying this, in this movie. Yeah, yeah. it, it sounds <laughs> yeah. like this movie kind of captures that, and Absolutely. so I can see if that's something you're afraid of. Maybe this film might show you some value in it and but mm-hmm. it also might kick you in the butt a little bit in the sense where it might be kind of offensive and i mean not not offensive in like not offensive it, but it might kind of like strike you very close to home yeah, yeah because definitely yeah i mean like i've i mean even just watching this movie like i i you know i i've, I've always gone through my whole life expect i'm gonna have kids and think watching this movie and the way they're talking about the way the environment is going and 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 these kind of you know life you know altering crises yeah, yeah made me then kind of like have second thoughts about my entire life watching it, yeah which is, you know, yeah kind of crazy it's interesting though that that is cool and then my and my last final thought with it it kind of aims towards people who are religious specifically christians i know i have a lot of friends that are christians that listen to the show and whatnot and i don't think any of them would disagree with this in some some degree but it is okay to be critiquing or criticizing your religion Oh, it's a I, good thing. I it's think that is totally fine. And I want to put that on the record, okay? <laughs> I don't know why. It's on the record. I would agree. Yeah. Like, the Any reason, kind of religion, yeah. Literally, the reason that this film piques my interest is because it is criticizing and respecting at the same time. Yeah, Not necessarily. Well, I don't. I haven't seen it, but it sounds like it has. No, I think that's true. Yeah. In it, fact, it's probably the one of the only movies that kind of finds that balance. Because there are good movies that are made that criticize religion. You know, like movies that are about like conversion therapy or about you know kids being taken away from their families or whatever. But they kind of strike a one note you know, balance. Yeah, this yeah. this one finds that balance, Right, I right. I mean, I saw Lady Bird and I was kind of ha- hoping to find that like criticizing religion and also yeah. like a life perspective and it came off a little weak in the end for me. I enjoyed the film but I thought it was kind of muddled by some strange plots and decisions made in the movie but I don't know, like, I'm, I am curious to see this. It has piqued my interest. Wh- who is, okay, I, this is my other final last question mm-hmm. for you guys. Who should not go see this movie, I guess? There's a few disturbing elements, like just graphically disturbing okay. elements um, that, you know, if you're uncomfortable with that, you shouldn't see it. Like I've told my brother he probably shouldn't see it because it's, you know, he doesn't like that type of thing. There's like It's really just like two shots, moment. but they're yeah. very, very disturbing. Okay. Um, other than that, I don't know if you really have like don't want any to – if you're the type of person who takes faith – who thinks about faith as something that has to be completely infallible and uncriticized, I guess, or un, or if you, I, I don't know how am I, am I well, even to here? I, I, I mean, yeah, I guess it's people who don't want to think outside the box, people who don't really want to, to see, um, I, I wouldn't even say it's necessarily, 
I don't really know a critique. The reaction I don't. I don't think it's really a critique on on religion. Like I don't think it is. Not really. Um, no. And I I I don't even think it's it's a critique on like religious institutions. I, I mean or the anything. people who were like boycotting and trying to like shut down um, Scorsese's Christ movie, like those types of people. Yeah, but those people don't really exist anymore. So. Oh, okay. Good. Well, I don't know. Do they? Man. I don't know. I, it's funny when you guys are talking about this movie there's like a specific person going through my head and there's and it's someone I knew who was involved in the church with a Christian faith and this person would have been the kind of person who said no to this movie and would be completely shut off against it I haven't seen it okay so maybe I don't know what I'm talking about right but any sort of criticism of the church or yeah, any real yeah. talk and what kind of breaks my heart about this person is that they've sort of fallen away from their faith in mm-hmm. a sense because the truth is they didn't take the time to be critical or really think about the right, decisions, right, right. Mm-hmm. right? Really spend the time with self-reflection. And this doesn't matter if you're talking about religion, just literally life view. It comes down to this, right? Taking the time to consider this. And at the end of the day, this is a hard thing and it, and it, and it usually comes with a dark tone and it's kind of and difficult to deal with. So this is one I'm definitely going to check out. I'm a yeah. little bit of a cynic in, in that degree. And so you guys have me sold on yeah. that for sure. Also don't see if you're really tired. I mean, because it, it is kind of a slow movie and you know, it's, it's yeah. Uh, yeah. good. No, yeah. good. No, Jizo. All right. Any other art films that people shouldn't miss out on? Okay. I already said my number one, which is widows. We already talked about that. Right, right. Say number one. Well, I know okay. I'm, I'll give some, I'll give a couple, um, uh, I'll give a couple honorable mentions here. Okay. Um, Juzo, you, you go with your honorable mentions as well. Sure, Just keep sure. it to like three or four. Make it quick. Yeah. I think Blind Spotting was a really excellent movie yeah, that came out this year. Yeah. Oakland local movie. Another one, um, you know, about race um, and takes a really interesting view on it. Um, I thought uh, I really liked Annihilation. It's not necessarily on my top 10, good, but I thought it was a really, really, good. Um, really well made movie. Um, kind of another weird one, but... Um, uh, we already talked about Paddington 2 um, and oh yeah First Man First Man is really good too mm. um, a, kind of a blockbuster hit you know it's it's something Except that it wasn't a hit thanks to whatever but yeah, yeah. I guess but, um, but but yeah yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a really it's a powerful movie about fatherhood actually is, and, is and the this, best way what to is this it. movie about it's about Neil Armstrong okay got it um, and, and I should we should also say that the controversy about the movie is is like completely bogus. What is it? The it's like nonsense about how they don't show the flag on the because the people were people on the right were using the movie as like to to continue the whole thing about Hollywood being liberal and it's not oh. like Hollywood isn't liberal but they happened to pick a movie that was actually not a liberal. It, it's like it, one of the most liberal movie at all. It's yeah. like one of the most patriotic movies. Yeah, I've it's seen all, all about year, like so. this guy who is like you know pushing himself to the absolute limit of and his then, like and humanity. sacrificing himself for you know and for, so for his country and conservative blah, blah. figures are like oh this movie has uh i think it was just misreported to Kaepernick yeah, kneeling was. on the moon and yeah, stuff exa- like that yeah. uh, it, it, it was more like it was more like people hadn't seen the movie and jumped to the conclusion that this was going to be a uh, there were certain things said that made it it be it could have been interpreted as uh, you know, this was an anti-America movie, but it, it's not at all. It's, That's it's funny. A, I really thought this controversy was going to go somewhere with the uh, what was it, United States Space Force direction? Oh, no, <laughs> no. <laughs> Have you guys seen that video of uh, Mike Pence talking about the United States Space Force, but then the Halo theme is playing behind it? <laughs> no, so good, dude. It's so it's good. Funny. But but anyways, it's it's actually 
it's actually one of the most touching movies I've seen about about fatherhood and what it means to be a, you know a good father. Um, so yeah. I I I really really liked it. Really thought almost it was yelled. Great. What did you almost yell? <laughs> okay, oh, gosh. <laughs> I would second that. I, I liked all the movies you mentioned. Um, you want other movies that are just art house or just, just runner ups to throw the list? Out, throw them out. Um, well, Mission Impossible, the new one is. Or like we're gonna the get best to that. Mission Impossible, amazing movie. Um, oh wait, what's what else is on my list? There's a movie called um, Well, Death of Stalin, which I think is I've just given my camera number one. I'm dying to um, watch Death of Stalin. Yeah, uh, well, we'll, we'll let's talk about not that clearly. About uh, Private Life is a movie that's actually you can watch on Netflix. Very very low key movie about uh, a couple in their mid forties who are looking to. They're sort of in this sort of hail mary position of of trying to adopt a kid and also uh, have do like um, artificial insemination. They're they're just kind of trying to and by any means necessary approach to have a kid got it, got now it. that they're so old. And it's a very very low key movie. It's not really like narratively driven. It's just about hanging out with these characters and kind of getting to understand them. But it's 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 a lovely movie. And and what happens is they their step niece comes to live with them and you sort of see them becoming sort of parental figures to right, her. Right. And also as she's kind of like a possibility for, as uh, care for carrying the child. Right. Right. Um, so that's, that's, it's a Netflix movie. So, you know, nat- naturally got no um, critical attention or no Aww, um, advertisement. Netflix. So, but it's called private life it's by Tamara Jenkins and it's really wonderful. Um, I just saw a movie that was great called Can You Ever Forgive Me? This would also be my top 10, which was um, with Melissa McCarthy, actually, but it's a dramatic movie about an author who forged, like, artist letters for Ooh. money. Because, you know, she, oh, she, I heard about this she one, found yeah. a letter and, and sold it to them, and they're like, oh, we could give you this much, but it, for better content, we'll give you more. So she just started, like, you know, signing things as Noel Coward and then the write, writing it in the voice of these mm. authors. But that's another one where it's just a really interesting character study of this very kind of um, acerbic and kind of unpleasant and lonely person. But the movie focuses so much on her and, and makes you really care about her and understand her as a person and see why she's the way she is. Um, and amazing performance by Melissa McCarthy, who's like as amazing a dramatic actor as she is as a comedian. Um, Hereditary was on there. Um, yeah, Blind Spotting would be up there. Uh, there's what else? We talked about Green Book, I think. Yeah, yeah, yep. Yeah. All right. Born. My my top movie of the year. Let's hear it, Cameron. Is the Death of Stalin? Oh, jeez, dude! I want to see this so, so good, bad. so bad. T- give us so a good. get it. Give us a rundown. What kind of movie is this? Well, this is a dark historical comedy. Right up um, your alley. Yeah, really. No, it's actually I I walked Made out of for Cameron. I walked out of that movie and I was like, this is the most me movie that I've ever seen, <laughs> which is why it's my my top movie of the year. Um, but it really so it's a it's a it's a dark political comment uh, comedy about about the end of or the middle of the Soviet Union as Stalin dies and uh, you know there's a power grab trying to take over um, the the reins of the dictatorship and so it. But it's it, all in English, and it's all—it's all in English, all with normal accents. They don't like try to fake anything. American and it, British accents. Yeah, and and what's what's really incredible about the movie is it, again, it it straddles this line of being really terrible in parts, like really, uh, you know, you're watching these awful things happening to these people. These poor, you know, they're just normal citizens, right? Um, that you know, terrible things are happening to them because obviously it's the Soviet Union, um, and. But then it's it's mixed with 
like such biting comedy comedy that it's, it's like terrifying. so funny it's, i saw it's, it like three times this movie. Yeah. yeah me too and and every time like sometimes you know you like i've watched a couple of reviews and and there was like you know clips of it and whatnot and it's just so funny it's it's like it's really incredible okay do you have to know a lot about russian history no no i don't know anything about it i love this movie yeah uh. I, i'm very historically uh, crippled, unread. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, there are certain inside jokes, obviously, where yeah, if yeah. you if you know some of the history, um, you know it. it Does it teach you more. anything? Oh yeah, absolutely. About history. Yeah, it's it's actually a pretty. It. It's a pretty accurate movie. Um, it's, it's very much in the vein of something like like Doctor Strange Love. I'm not sure if you've ever seen that one. I know what you're talking about, but my mind is blank. Where it's very it's like hysterically funny and even like cartoonish in parts. Mm, yeah. But at the the entire time, it's about something like very very serious. Yeah. And yeah. about all these sort of political people scheming and trying to uh, take power from each other, and doing terrible things to yeah. each other, and yeah. and to their citizens. And so and and. It has some of the most incredible performances this year. Like it oh, really yeah. is. is Bashemi plays Khrushchev. Yeah, he's great, and he's perfect for Bashemi because he's this kind of like nervous, terrified guy. Yeah. There's an actor who I'd never heard of. Had you heard of this guy, no, Simon no. Russell Beale, who plays Laurenti Beria, who's just a monster. I mean, just this. I mean, and not that they others weren't monsters, but this guy was a monster. You know, on another level, pedophile, just this sick, crazy guy. And the performance of this guy is just like unbelievable and we we were saying that he really needs to play the penguin like he, yeah, would be he the has best that look penguin. yeah yeah um who else uh well, michael palin from uh um, monty python oh yes yes, yes is yes. in the movie and he's the, every scene he's in he's just lying and and just trying to get his way out of things and he's <laughs> terrified um jason isaacs who plays um Lucius Malfoy in Harry Potter. He, okay. He okay. plays, he plays a, 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 Marshall Zukov, the he, military leader. Yeah, he's like this r- tough, tough, com- uh, you know, military commander who's like really Ridiculous amazing. Couldn't number of medals on yeah, his chest. And it's so funny. He's such a funny character. He's got this, um, what, what kind of accent is he doing? He's like, it's like an Yorkshire? Irish. Yeah, yeah. Some, something, something. Like very, um, you know, low class accent, um, but it's it's so funny. Yeah. Would he's, you say he's such a good character? Would you say this movie is for a lot of people? Yeah, I, I'm surprised people are that missing people, out on this one. I think so. Yeah, absolutely. I th- yeah, I think if you see this movie and you're not offended by yeah what they're making, fun I mean, of, you yeah. know, it's a dark comedy going in, right? Yeah. You know, it's probably going to be a little sick and twisted in moments. Is it like? I, it's not like I'm trying to think of like something to compare. Because these movies are bad, and I know this movie is good, but like Harold and Kumar level of comedy is—is is it nothing like? No, not really. Like disgusting comedy? No, 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 okay. no, no. No, it's it's, it's all. all about the dialogue. Okay, yeah. in cool. fact, it's it's a very like dialogue-driven movie. Like the visuals of the movie are not like particularly like staggeringly good. Right, right. It's all just about this sort of. It almost feels like improv that's going on between, and probably some of it was improv. Yeah. Um, between these characters well and and the one thing that i think everybody can appreciate is that it never makes fun of of tragedy it never right. makes fun of of the the bad things that are happening it makes fun of the people who are taking these terrible actions who are doing these terrible things right you know like it's it's not a movie where you know you you see people you know die in the street and and you laugh it's a movie where you you see people who are you know, screwing each other over and and you know g- you know getting one over on each other and, yeah, and bit, you laugh. It's about the also the like daily sort of dishonesty that takes place under that right, kind of exactly. regime where you're just constantly in a state of 
of sort of performing like uh, Khrushchev he'll go home after hanging out with Stalin and he'll talk to his wife going through every joke he made with Stalin making marking the ones that he laughed at and talking about what jokes preparing his lines for the next time he's meeting him it's just so absurd but it's it's grounded in something very like I'll tell you I'll tell you the the first scene of the movie because it's, it's just so funny it's um the, it it opens up with an opera you know just a normal performance and at the end um you know one of the person one of the people in the sound booth um gets a call that from stalin and says i need a recording of that of that opera well the unfortunate thing is that it wasn't recorded <laughs> and so what he does is he he traps the people inside <laughs> yeah, insists everyone comes back inside and they get some peasants off the street because people have left already <laughs> right they just bring people in and and they they have they have them play the entire orchestra again <laughs> it sounds great so funny i really want to so check funny. out this movie death of stalin mm-hmm. cameron's number one film yeah. yep juzo your number one was widows widows correct? yeah Sounds like a lot of good movies this year, which leads us to our next topic, which are the main blockbusters. Mm. Someone like me, who's just a casual movie viewer, only goes to see these big blockbuster films, and we haven't really talked about them, so I want to give them credit where credit is due. These are probably the movies that you have seen this year, and these are the movies I've seen, so I want to talk about them. Well, I'm actually curious to ask you, what's your number one movie of the year? Like, what's your favorite or best or whatever you want to call it? Dude, what I'm looking at this list. I literally don't like any of these movies that much. Really? I thought you liked Infinity. I know you talked about Infinity War. You talked about Solo. I know you didn't like Solo. So Infinity War. Okay, I actually have to go back on that. I was reading everything except for Infinity War. Um, I'll go through my list right now. We got in- Avengers: Infinity War, Black Panther, Incredibles 2, Mission Impossible, Fallout, Ant Man and the Wasp, Bohemian Rhapsody, Solo: A Star Wars Story, Pacific Rim: Uprising. <laughs> Deadpool 2 and Game Night. Oh, Game Night was really good. <laughs> so here's what I'm going to say. I like that. I almost said Game Night was my number one movie of the year. Well, if I was picking from that list, no, it would be Mission Impossible. Okay. Game Night would be high. So Avengers Infinity War is definitely my movie of the year. Okay. Because it is a spectacle event. Mm-hmm. All right. I've never seen a movie that handles so many characters in such, like, I mean, it's two and a half hours, but it's like. All the characters' motivations are fairly fledged out, and the ones that are kind of kicked off to the side are given fan service if you've seen a lot of the movies. Okay? It's kind of like uh, WrestleMania, actually. <laughs> to me, oh. it feels like <laughs> to me it feels like the Return of the King for Marvel, all right? Mm. And it's got a cool cliffhanger. Not as good. Well, I said for Marvel. Yeah, Chill okay. out, dude, all right? <laughs> for Marvel. I, I, know I, too, prefer Return of the King, but yes. I love Return of the King. I love Lord of the Rings, okay? But I'm just saying, Avengers Infinity War handle something that I never thought could be done on screen with so many characters and so many like I mean it was literally built to be a train wreck and you at least have to give them credit it wasn't a train wreck I have, yeah. yeah I would give it credit for that because I went into that movie thinking like I was gonna hate it yeah and the, I think the fact that because I didn't think it was all that great but the fact that I found it watchable I think is a triumph on the part of the filmmakers given how everything about it represents everything i hate about like modern movies so i mean i think it's a triumph on their part I'm and a lot of people liked it so. I'm, i mean we reviewed avengers infinity war in episode seven yeah. and we had a lot to say about it cameron i had to force you to sit down and watch the movie yeah you did and i think that i i don't know i'm just blown away i remember walking into that theater and i'm like there's no way i was like there's no way they're going to be able to handle it that's what i thought and too. and to some like i said to some degree it's not a train wreck i think i think it's it it holds up 
on its own. Now, if you're talking about compared to these art films, okay, yeah, of course it's not going to be as good as those. But I think it sets up the next film really well. And we get into it in our last podcast. The next film is either going to be a complete strikeout or a really good decision. Because if you haven't seen Avengers Infinity War, huge spoilers. I don't know how you don't already have this spoiled for you. Everyone dies except for the original cast of the Avengers, which is a really smart decision because they just cut their cast in half and now they can focus on character-driven narrative in the next film. Even though, like, I mean, we said in the last episode, in, in, the, in our review, it's going to be like picking up all the nerf darts after a large nerf war. Okay. Yeah, like, <laughs> that, that is its biggest problem, right, in the next movie. But I really do think that it is a spectacle film. It is epic, especially if you've watched every Marvel movie like I have because I'm a casual. All right. I think I've seen every Marvel movie. What yeah. I mean, like, I think, I think it does a great, I think it does a great job at entertaining the crowd and whatnot. And, Honestly, if you if you haven't seen it, I think it's worth a watch. That's I, what I I'm agree. It's I worth a watch because everyone seems to like it, so you have a good chance of liking yeah. it. I think. But yeah, I mean that's my number one. I mean we can get into Black Panther, which is just totally forgettable in my opinion. Uh, a lot of people love Black Panther. They say it's super great. I don't understand the hype behind it. I think it's fine. Um, I don't know. Like I was getting like Lion King ripoff vibes <laughs> in it. I don't know, man. I, that that movie, like it it was built around this idea that is going to show this epic city and this cool lore. I mean, similar to like Lord of the Rings, but it just falls short. Everything looks so flat and boring in it. The only cool scene... I don't think the look is very very good. I think I think the movie's strengths are the characters. Um, and, well, I'd say the costume design and the music is a strength of the movie. Okay, the music um, is cool, right? Music's incredible. No no joke. I love I love the soundtrack. It's solid. Yeah, it's really Everyone cool. says the characters. Hold on a second. Let's be real. Everybody likes the villain in the movie. What's his name? I would say Michael. Vil- I would Michael- say villains. Both of the villains <laughs> are very good. Yeah, they're, well, the, the thing about the movie that makes it different, I think, is, um, I mean, other than the 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 racial difference, which I think a lot of people are right. What, people were typing up a lot of people is the fact that it has a villain who's has a complexity to him because the the thing about him is he's a evil he's doing evil things but he's right about certain things and i think that's what a lot of people are latching onto about the movie i love um, i love black hitler what are you talking about i love he's black hitler i love I don't know michael b jordan's about. character up until the end where his his whole character falls apart because he's like i mean when he says bury me in the ocean no 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 no, no. it just i don't it doesn't make sense to me because he's yeah, like you're saying, Cameron, he's like a black Hitler, right? At the end, where he's like, "I'm gonna kill all the white people." Well, like, they don't say it inherently, but he's like, well, "I'm gonna." Can I'm we gonna be push clear, back. by the way, so people don't think I'm an anti-Semite or racist? <laughs> that I do not like him or agree with him because of his black. I'm purely talking about his opinions about the separatist and nationalist nature of Wakanda. That's the part of the movie that's interesting to me, and I think the movie does fall off in quality in the last like third of it. Me, me too. But what, me the too. conflict between him and T'Challa in the middle of the movie i think is what to me was the strength of the movie i mean i i also think it's kind of an overhyped movie and because it's marvel it gets to have that kind of hype um like they're much better like it's it's going to be a best picture front runner or at least the best picture nominee and i think it's more there because of hype and because of its social value rather than it's cinematic but i do i do think it's a well-made movie i liked it more than avengers personally i think that your interpretation makes complete sense okay i love michael b jordan's setup i love his conflict with t'challa it's just the ending of it drags and it gets boring and then it's 
the Marvel trope. The Panther, people, Panther people, versus Panther. Iron Man versus Iron Man. It's like the same garbage over and over and over again. Okay. People fight on rhinos. Yep. And, and the and a battle with twenty people. Yeah. An epic battle with twenty people. Oh come on, dude. Like I don't know. The movie feels rushed too. There's like CGI issues with it. Same with Infinity War. There's terrible CGI. Oh my in that gosh. Movie. I love the the one shot of you. We were talking about this. Right? The, the one Mark shot. Mark Ruffalo. Yeah. Mark Ruffalo, where Mark Ruffalo is. His head is like in this. It's green screened in. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. I mean, that stuff so doesn't bother me in any movie because I mean, it's the thing about it is it, it's about the story. And I, if 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 there's no story, then yeah, it's annoying. But see, what's weird, what I think is interesting about these Marvel films is that the villain takes the lead. Like for me, Thanos was a, incredible in Infinity War. Yeah. Well, I would say like, about generally in Marvel though, because mostly in Marvel their villains have been pretty lack. I know. But except I, in Infinity War, where he sort of became the lead. I didn't even think he was that interesting a villain, but he's definitely a big part of the movie. The reason that Infinity War is better than Black, Black Panther, in my opinion, okay, is because both the villains are really good and fleshed out, but Infinity War backs on these characters that have already been fleshed out, and they continue their role in what you already know. The thing about Black Panther is, I didn't know anything about T'Challa, and I had no reason to like him. He was just a flat min like mannequin for all i care okay he was way more interesting in civil war that's what i'm gonna say he was super interesting in civil war i don't even remember him in civil yeah, war yeah cameron but... fell asleep in civil war civil yeah, oh yeah like i saw movie. it we saw it on my birthday yeah, yeah it, it was not i dragged good. yeah that's the only reason cameron okay, saw it because you're wrong about civil war because i thought civil war was pretty good though here's the thing that's when marvel movies change with the villains actually being interesting because zemo is a great villain was there a villain in that i don't know if i'd say was there a villain in that movie i can't i can't remember. that was the best part about it the only marvel villains i like remember at all are like kurt russell in guardians of the galaxy 2 another good villain yeah you notice uh, these are T'Challa all... and Andy Serkis in Black Panther and Thanos just because he's a big part of the movie, but I don't really, whatever. You know. All phase three villains. They're figuring it out. That's no, what it's I'm true. It's yeah. true. Do you remember I the elves? I do kind of like Jeff Bridges in the first one, though. I, I kind of do. He's kind of fun. <laughs> do you remember the elves? I do like Jeff in... I, not, the, not the battling Iron Mans, but I like Jeff Bridges as evil guy because that's interesting. Tony. Elves? The, 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 the elves sorry. in... <laughs> Tony. <laughs> hey, let's write that timestamp, Dan. <laughs> um, By the way... We're just going to make fun of you for one second, dude. What, this show, we try really hard not to swear, all right? No, no, and Juzo, Juzo is doing his best. So shout out to Juzo. Good job. Patronize me, sir, but yes. <laughs> Good job. I didn't what, even, what I didn't even hear it. What are you talking about with so. the elves? Um, the elves in Thor 2. Oh, oh my Thor 2 is a pretty forgettable. <laughs> I remember liking Thor 2 when it came out, and I also remember thinking I, I was an idiot. I enjoyed it more than I expected, but it's not a good movie. I like the dimensional stuff at the end. Yeah, I just yeah. saw it recently because I I caught up on every Marvel oh my movie. Oh goodness, recently. you watched it recently. What what's wrong with you? Well, he has my brother has like the box set that I was going through. Oh, that's I just cool. saw Iron that's Man cool. three for the first time this year. I not think. that bad, right? Really it's good, good, really good. Yeah. Yeah. One, I think it's one of the best. People yeah. hate on that movie. It's great. Yeah. I don't know why. It's yeah. great. So for me, Avengers: Infinity War. Now we're moving on. Incredibles two got huge beef with it. I have no idea why I got huge really? beef with it. A lot of people love Incredibles two. Like movie going experience of the year for me. Like not best movie by far, but I had like no. I just mean the experience of watching the movie in the theater because we saw it at the Grand Lake, which is the big theater in Oakland for you, you who don't know. And I saw it with my whole family and my cousin, and it was just like. Amazing. I mean, we're but we're big fans of The Incredibles. You know, I and, love The Incredibles. Yeah. My family loves The Incredibles. We watch that movie all the time. And it's, it's not as good as The Incredibles, it's my, let's be clear. Yeah, that's what surprised me. A lot of people came out of The Incredibles 2 saying it was better than the first one. Oof, no. 
Yeah. I don't know who yeah, I could think that. I am, I was shocked when I heard people saying that, which I think builds up my resentment towards it mm. now. Um I, I think, think that, a lot of other people. I mean I think that, I think, I think that the short movie. in the beginning of the film was better than the movie. Honestly, the short is pretty great. Um, oh, what is that? Bow? Yeah, yeah, yeah that was that, pretty great. It was, it was yeah. good. She's getting her own movie, by the way. Here's... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Kill me. All right? Here, <laughs> what? Here's, here's what I wanted <laughs> to say. All right? Here's She's what... talented filmmaker. Leave it... Oh, oh, the filmmaker. I thought you were talking about the short. The f- no, the short director. Oh, good. Good for her. Okay? <laughs> you, thought I, the, you thought the I Bow thought was getting his own film? Yeah, I thought you were saying there's a sequel. Oh, no, sequel no, no, not an adaptation. No, 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 no. Domi oh. Shi, the filmmaker, will make her own film. Another dumpling movie yeah, yeah, from yeah. the creators of Pixar. Now, no, just... that movie should be a short, and it will be just a short. Yeah, good. All right, awesome. Now that it's clarified. The Incredibles, what I love about the first movie is its slow pace, its hard buildup, and it's deep themes, okay? It has deep adult themes in a kid's movie, yeah. and it sets up all of the characters' motivations. They have good arcs. All of the family has a good arc, except no, it's, for it's Jack kind of Jack. a perfect movie. Yeah, yeah, it really is. It's really solid. Incredibles 2 just basically cashes out on that. Most of the characters don't really have an arc. No, they the don't... Incredibles 2's asset is purely just entertainment. Yeah. It's, it's not about really... It, it, it kind of pushes itself in the direction of deep themes about like family or about you know d- different uh, roles of the different parents or about i don't know influence of television is kind of touched on just a little bit yeah but it's, it's all really... just very brief and it kind of just comes down to just kind of fun action but the thing about it is for me the action in the movie is done by a craftsman who's like a master craftsman so when i watch infinity war that was the thing i was gonna bring up also about infinity war versus black panther i think the craftsmanship of Black Panther is, for me, what puts it above. Because I think Ryan Coogler is a much more talented filmmaker than the Russo brothers. And I think Brad Bird I'd put even higher than Coogler. Yeah. I, for, Brad Bird's like one of the best living directors, in my opinion. Yeah, I, and I hear that. And I, I probably don't have an eye for that, specifically. I'm just I'm coming at you with, with you know my opinions. But it's funny you bring up the action. To me, The Incredibles 2's best scene is the uh, screen slaver's lair. There's like this mm, dark yeah. tent scene in the in it's the really in the uh, hotel. That alone sold admission for me. I still think it's a really good movie. It just doesn't come close to the first one. Yeah. For me. I, oh, I agree. So I agree. You, you did like it. Okay. I, yeah, I, I'd say it's fine. You said you have major beef. I got okay. beef with it because people are telling me it's better than the first one. I'm like, okay, you yeah, forget. Sure, sure. Again, that's what the people you should you know. You forget. Yeah. No, we Speaking, watched the first one right before. And Speaking like, of good action, Mission Impossible Fallout. Pretty solid. Like Tuttle needs to see this movie. This is yeah, like I haven't seen it. I, it's a shame you missed it on the big screen. Yeah. yeah, I think it. I think it's really good. Um, people were selling it as the second coming of Jesus, and I think that might have <laughs> ruined it for me. Like I, I walked in, and people were like, "This is the best action movie you'll ever see." And then I was like, "Wait, didn't Mad Max come out just a few years ago?" I like, think it's for, the best since Mad Max, though. Uh, At okay. least in terms of action. I, I'll I'll give you that. Like it it is pretty solid. Um, I don't know what it was, but I think I liked another Mission Impossible better than well, a few one? years back. I think it was Ghost. The one where he's climbing Four. the tall building? Yeah, that one for some reason. That's by the same director as The Incredibles. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, caught, it caught my attention more. Um, but That's I'd, by Brad Bird? Yeah. No Ghost way. Protocol. Ghost yeah. Protocol yeah. is That's pretty r- good. I um, didn't know that. Yeah, first live action. Um, but this one's fine. You know, I, I nothing really shocked me in it, and I think what most people went to go see was the cool stunts, right? And that's almost how they sold it. It was like a stunt showcase. Yeah, that's yeah, that's the that's the pull of the movie. But I do think the movie does have 
it's like the thin like it doesn't even have even the characterization of, of Mad Max. I mean, it's it's very thin in terms of story. But the thing about the movie that the filmmakers never forget is that all the action and everything that's happening in the movie in terms of story is connected to character and connected to theme. So you are invested in the movie as everything is going crazy in terms of spectacle there there is a weird syndrome about this film where they the spies have suddenly become superheroes i i don't know why this has happened i mean tom cruise has always been a little extra right but they're literally punching through concrete in this movie which kind of threw me off there's like a scene where he rips a sink or a toilet seat or something well that was the one that was one assassin i don't know if i'd say they're quite superheroes but they're i mean yeah they're it seemed a little more aggressive than what i was used to man i just I have... I don't know, man. I oh, do, it's a bombastic movie. I, I, yeah. I do just want to point out that you said syndrome. Just a throwback. My nemesis. To, to The Incredibles. It's bigger. <laughs> All right. It's bad. Uh, something that's not as big. Ant-Man and the Wasp. Oof. Don't see this film. Not even in terms of just the the pun but the movie itself. Yeah. I just did not like this movie at all. I literally went to go see the last scene for the next Avengers. Huh. Uh, which is sad to say out loud. I don't get the hype behind Paul Rudd. Maybe I just haven't seen his good work. There's, no, Pe- the, every, that movie is like as standard a Marvel movie as you can get. Because it, to me, it wasn't bad at all. It was just very, very just like, okay. Yeah. Like I watched it. I said, oh, that was an amusing use of two hours of my life. And then I walked <laughs> out of the theater and forgot about it. Yeah. And that I, to me is like the epitome of a of a standard Marvel movie. There's ones that go above like the new Thor movie I thought did that. The Guardians movies do that. But this is kind of just right in the middle. Or I really s- the bottom. Uh, I saw Bohemian Rhapsody, which I thought was really well shot and put together. My big <laughs> issue is the fact that I uh, have a Good little Lord. bit of like... Uh, like, I just care about artists, okay? And so when you're uh-huh. watching Freddie Mercury on screen be a total a-hole to everybody he meets and suddenly just climbs to fame within 10 minutes of the movie, I'm just thinking there's no way that's what it's like. Even if that's the way it was like. I want to see a little bit of the artist struggle. And he only starts to struggle when he finds out he's going to die. Shocker, okay? And I'm like, if that's really how it was, good for him. Have you seen this movie, Cameron? I have not. Yeah, see, I, we haven't seen it either. For me, I'm like, I want to see an artist movie about a, an artist failing and failing and failing and failing and then becoming something great. And that's the reason I love Whiplash, okay? Uh, yeah. Because it's a, it's a little bit Everyone more... Everyone approves of this statement. It's a little bit more grounded. You know, and I and I just feel like yeah. this movie is bombastic and for Queen fans. And yes, you get to, the best moments are when they're performing. You get to hear the songs; it's really epic and awesome. Uh, it's just I wanted well to see, shot, but I yeah, know. I wanted to see an artist struggle film, mm. and I and there really isn't much struggle. You should see like um, the movie Love and Mercy, which is about Brian Wilson from the Beach Boys, because that's one that does it really well. And it's not about him being a jerk; it's about him struggling with his own like mental illness. And it shows him as a young man, as a as a middle aged man. And it's 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 one of the best like musical, maybe the best musical biopics I've seen. Um, I really I guess other than Amadeus. I love I love the Beach Boys, so I'll check it out. Actually. Oh yeah, definitely yeah. see that. I do just want to point out. Um, let's, let's do let's do the the worst movie of the year. What are you playing because? Hold on, I'm not done with my my oh, list. Oh, you're not. Oh, because the worst movie of the year is Pacific Rim okay, Uprising. Okay, That's the worst movie? N- probably not the worst. Okay, but it was such a snore, and it didn't help that I was in heated seats in the theater. Uh, uh, oh, so it was a really comfortable. Snore. Yeah, I was like, oh, 
Yes. This is perfect. <laughs> but with loud noises being big, rammed in your face. Big pop, popcorn, and then you hear like those kaiju monsters. I didn't even really like the like, first one, and that was really? by a really Amen, great director. Amen, dude. Yeah. I did not like oh, the first come one on. either. I I was, it was acceptable, one. but you know. Shut it's good. up, Cameron. You can't see anything. It's dark and raining. You can't see anything in the movie. It's it, good. It's at good least movie. this movie, you can see the Gundams fighting in a bright city, kicking people. Or kicking monsters. <laughs> Can I mention another movie that's not quite a blockbuster, but it was a Disney movie? Sure, sure. That we neglected to mention because my brother is nudging me and keeps Yeah, hit it, hit it. Is the movie Christopher Robin. Okay. Which is about Winnie the Pooh. And, and it is, I think, one of the better movies of the year. And it takes the story of uh, Winnie the Pooh and Christopher Robin, and it shows Christopher Robin as a grown man. And he's kind of forgotten about his childhood. And Pooh mm. has sort of come back to him. And it's a very, very slow and gentle movie, and I think that's why it made no money, because yeah. it's kind of a weird movie, because it's sort of silly and fun for kids, and that might put off adults, and it's also kind of somber and slow, and that would be not good for kids, so I think it just didn't find an audience. But uh-huh. it's a really lovely, and it's a good pairing with like Paddington, too, in terms of the um, <laughs> kind uh, bears bringing warmth into the world cinematic universe. Uh, Is this a sequel to Trainspotting 3? Oh, with Ian McGregor. <laughs> Did you see Trainspotting too? No, that was good. That I want to see it. Okay, I liked it more. Than I want to finish one. the first one. Jeez, you I should. It's really oh, good. I never. Well, I watched part of it. We had to turn it off with the dead baby. Right, so, right. Uh, another big blockbuster, or maybe not big flop. I guess is Solo: A Star Wars Story. That's oh, our, yeah, which I that, liked. That is our first episode. We reviewed it. Yeah. Um, not as bad as I thought it was going to be, and. Honestly, better than The Last Jedi. Come at me. All right. No, I disagree about that. Um, Deadpool 2 came out this year. Uh, eh. I like Peter. That's all I remember. Peter. It's oh, he funny. died immediately, right? No. Well. Wait, did he? See the movie. Spoilers. Right? It's great. <laughs> I like I saw Peter. The movie. And, uh, of course, we were mentioning Game Night earlier. Game Night it's is a blockbuster, but that's a very good studio. A comedy. lot of pe- a little, a lot of people liked it. Pretty good studio comedy. I like the actor from Arrested Development and Jason it. Bateman. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's a really good. And uh, it's sort of weird because it's like a David Fincher parody, like it's parody of the guy who made Gone Girl. Um, it's fun his style of movie. It's really, it's really fun. It's not necessarily uh, excellent, but uh, it was at least ener- uh, very entertaining and enjoyable. I, we were talking about it one one day. And I was like shocked that you liked this movie. You were you, oh. you were like, oh, I, I just saw Game Night. <laughs> oh and yeah, I was like, like I was like, oh, is that gonna be? Oh, is that terrible? And he was like, no, it's really good. Recommendation for you, Darren, because you like escape rooms, go watch Game Night. You'll get a kick out of it. Right. Uh, that's probably a good. Oh, it's fun. Yeah. And Jesse Plemons, who, who's the guy from Breaking Bad who plays Todd, is like oh. insanely good in this movie. It's yeah. like he plays the cop, you know, next door. You know what I'm talking about, right? Oh my gosh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Genuinely like hilarious and amazing, oh, scary that, performance. That guy, yeah, really good. Cameron, you are excited to tell us about the worst movie. Should you avoid it or watch it? That's what I'm confused oh, about. Oh, you should seen? definitely avoid it. Oh, actually. man. Especially if you are going to avoid all the other scary movies that I had on this list. <laughs> I think actually the worst movie that I saw this year was Suspiria. But you actually liked it okay. You didn't really say, see anything you hated. Yeah, yeah. Because we saw Suspiria? that together. I said, that camera, that movie was horrendous. And you said, eh, it was all right. What is it? What is it? Tell me. Yeah, Suspiria is the the remake of the, what, 1978? 1977. Yeah. Dario Argento. Um, horror, horror film. Uh, from the 70s about a, a dance company who 
you know, is witches and whatnot. I don't know. Um, but it's a very fu- this the 70s movie is a very fun movie. Uh, this is not a very oh. fun movie at all. And it's just disgusting. It's just revolting. Yeah. And the thing is, like, it says a lot that <laughs> one of my favorite movies is like Hereditary, which is like inc- incredibly disturbing. But the thing about it is, it it backs it up with enough story, and and there's a reason it's disturbing. This movie, it's just like revolting, sickening stuff for no reason, and it's yeah, yeah it's awful. And and, and most of it's bad. boring. It's like almost three hours long. It's like ridiculous. Jeez. Oh, it's not actually. It's, it's two not, and a half hours. That's I'm doing a camera noise. Yeah, man. Dude, our episodes are getting long. Yeah, they are. I know. What but are we? What are we? We're at, at one forty-seven. Ooh, we gotta wrap it up. We gotta wrap it up. All right. We really Juzo, did. thank you for being on the show. It's my pleasure, dude. Seriously, what an expert. He is. Where Where can we get some socials if we want to at you, dude? Not nothing. There's nothing. I don't. I'm not on social media. <laughs> I don't have anything. I'm. I mean, I'm, I I keep tracking my movies on Letterbox, but I don't interact with people. I have a Facebook, but I don't use it. We gotta get um, you on Twitter. He doesn't even have. Uh, a I have a Twitter, but picture. I don't use my Twitter. Is just in case I ever have to talk to someone, which I don't. I mean, talk to like a celebrity, like Michael Salas. Well, you're in the presence of celebrities, so right, right. But I can just call Cameron or or text him with my telephone, so it's fine. <laughs> I won't respond. But. All right, and Cameron doesn't respond That's for years. It. I feel you. I feel you. Yeah, don't you? <laughs> I feel you. Oh, okay. it's good to know I'm not the only one. It'd be he awkward. Igno- if he... he ignores me, and we work together weekly. So. I don't ignore you. And by the way, I, we should also specify that do. there's. I mean, just for. A disclaimer that there's still a few movies that we haven't seen this year, at least for me. Like, I have a list of probably about 100 movies from the year that I still, like, want to see. But there's a few major ones that, like, The Favorite or, like, yes, yeah. the new Clint Eastwood movie. You know what? The, so, this list, though, list. seems fairly comprehensive. And and it's just like a rewind for, for what you can go back and check out. And I think your guys' recommendations are fairly educated. Um, again, Juzo, thanks for being on the show. Truthfully, like, we reference you a lot. <laughs> during the show I so noticed, now, yeah. now now you guys know who juzo is and i'm sure yeah. we'll have you back for sure at least Hopefully. if we do this episode again next year i'd love to have you maybe on. an oscar like yeah. maybe an oscar i'd come yeah. for an oscar show yeah i yeah. can't talk about video games or whatever but yeah no no no. i love it i talk about legos actually i loved your lego podcast that was nice dude yeah. the lego episode is one of my favorites yeah i, I think love that's legos might be it's one your, of a lot of people's favorites yeah and i hate people that say they don't love the lego movie that's a damn good movie. That's a good uh, movie. Does that curse? Yeah. It's okay. Good you already movie. dropped another. <laughs> and ladies and gentlemen, if you love what we're doing here at Everything Comes From Something, or maybe you just kind of like it, or maybe hate it, you can support us on patreon.com slash ECFS podcast, um, where you can get a thank you note from us, or you can get a question on the show, or support us at a uh, producer level and get us a topic. One of our producers sent us a question this month. Cameron, the question is, this is from Kiana Lay. Oh. What would your last meal be? What would my last meal be? Oh my goodness. Uh, that's a really hard. That's a, that's Mine would be easy cheese. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding, that's so dude. Sad. Towards the end, I get more and more provocative if you guys haven't noticed. <laughs> my last meal. Now well, I'm all I'm just the thinking. The cheese at duos, Kazi says. Oh yeah, <laughs> wait. Kazi's a big fan of your food episode. Uh, there's a YouTube video of us eating weird snacks, oh, and yeah. Cameron loves Cheez-Its and caramel oh. corn. None of that would be on my life. When we get a PO box, guys, when we actually get a bigger following, just send us that all the time. Just keep oh, sending us disgusting. those boxes, and we'll make Cameron eat one every single episode. We were actually looking for a, a bag of those at the gas station. Oh, and we couldn't man. find it. It's gross. It's so gross. For me, if I'm being 100% honest, there's a restaurant called Ruth Chris that blew my mind. Probably mm. that. Mm. 
Really good. I would think about uh, maybe the, the, I had this pecan pie one time in in Santa Fe, New Mexico. That was the most incredible pie I've ever had. So maybe that. Maybe maybe like my mom's like fried chicken and waffles. Maybe mm. I don't know. My mom makes a lot of amazing stuff. Low key, never had f- uh, fried chicken and waffles. Oh, go to never? Roscoe's. It's great. I really want to try Grayson it. If you're in Berkeley, I just feel like it's gonna be too much for my morning meal. I I need to prepare. Yeah, it's no, like it's dinner. It's, it's dinner a, meal. Yeah. Sure. Every time I every time I see it on the menu, I'm like, I want to. I want to get it, but I just I can't. Just get it at it a place that has really good fried chicken. I can't, dude. I'm waiting for like a movie to have like fried chicken and waffles in it that's like an Oscar contender because then we can ha- eat it during the Oscars. You get some shrew promotion. What about did Green Book? No, we're, we're going to do fried chicken this year. Oh, of Green awesome. Book. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. And with that, ladies and gentlemen, this has been episode 25. Again, we got all the social medias and all that junk. We'll be here next week. Last episode for the year next week. So make sure to tune in and uh, go ahead and give us a rating and all that jazz. I have just, I'm just rambling at this point, but we love you guys. Appreciate you and have a great week.